0: okay good afternoon everybody we are going to continue our service with our study from great controversy we began two weeks ago we looked at the preface and started chapter 1 we finished chapter 1 last week so quickly continue with chapter 2 of great controversy before we begin let us pray Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity you've given to us to study at your feet at this moment, the book we are about to study, The Great Controversy, is a book which you said should be spread around the world like leaves of autumn. We pray, Father, that as we go through this most important study by your grace, you grant us your spirit, and you will give us great understanding, deep insight. There's a lot to get from it, how to apply it to our time, what to expect, the character formation we ought to get as we read, to be inspired with the same spirit that has charged the the reformers and the Christians of all ages. We know we have situations that are coming upon us in this world, worse and worse, we see it coming. We pray, Lord, that as we go through the study, it shall help to prepare us for what is coming ahead of us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers in Jesus' name, I
1: pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, so we start with chapter 2. Just as a reminder... When we are reading the book Great Controversy, in the preface we are told the kind of things to expect and the purpose for which the book was written. I remember that one of the reasons that we saw was to bring us out of the power of darkness. That's one of the reasons the book Great Controversy was written. Another thing is to shed light on past events to in, to, in such a manner that we can be able to apply the light shed on the past events to see how it will affect us today and how we can get lessons from these past events and apply them to our time. We also remember that one of the reasons for studying great, the book Great Controversy is to expose the wiles, methods, snares of Satan, because he is going to use the same method, exactly the same method, just that is going to be amplified. So when we are studying this chapter and every chapter in Great Controversy, we should open our eyes to ask ourselves the question, what are Satan's snares that i'm seeing here that he's going to reapply in my time what is the light being shed on my pathway that will bring me out of darkness what are the previous events that have taken place that will repeat themselves again in my time and how am i to respond to them what specific characters have i seen that is needed or that was used by the reformers of old and the Christians of old that helped them to scale through the situations that they were put in and how can I get those characters in myself today? So those are questions we should be having, having in our mind as we are going through this chapter and every other chapter in great controversy. So we'll begin to, We'll begin our reading now, chapter 2, it's titled Persecution in the First Centuries. and by the time we are through, we will talk about how this chapter applies to our present day. So we'll begin from here, those here, before we go to those online. So there's a lot to read, so let's all get ourselves ready. I'm beginning here because I would like my brother to, i like us to organize for those online so that we'll know how we're going to take it one by one. If you, cannot, if you know you, you are not among those who can read, please just simply indicate because when we see you online, we think you can read. You can just type it generally in, in the page to us and say, okay, please, I can read so that we will not expect you to read yet. For those who can, I know that Brother Clarence can, Sister Goody has been reading, Sister Mary Beth was with us last week, I expect that she can still read. And uh, I don't know, Sister Dami, if she can't, she should... Okay, I think she read today, so she can read, too. So we'll just organize it, we'll, we'll put it online, how the sequence will be. Meanwhile, we'll start from here. So, where's the
2: mic? Okay,
0: all right, we'll start from there. Bro Sam, you start, then
3: we'll move on. The great controversy, chapter 2: Persecution in the first centuries. When Jesus revealed to his disciples the fate of Jerusalem and the sins of the second advent, he foretold also the experience of his people from the time when it should be taken from them to his return in power and glory for their deliverance. From Olivet, the Savior beheld the storms about to fall upon the apostolic church and penetrating deeper into the future. His eye discerned the fierce wasting tempests that were to beat upon his followers in the coming ages of darkness and persecution. In a few brief utterances of awful significance, he foretold the portion which the rulers of this world will meet up to the church of God, Matthew twenty four verses nine, verses twenty one and twenty two. The followers of Christ must tread. The followers of Christ must tread the same path of humiliation, reproach, and suffering which their master trod. The enmity that burst forth against the world's redeemer will be manifested against all who should believe on his name.
4: The
5: history of the early church testified to the fulfillment of the Savior's words. The powers of earth and hell arrayed themselves against Christ and the person of his followers. Beganism foresaw so that should the gospel triumph her temples and altars would be swept away. Therefore she summoned her forces to destroy Christianity. The fears of persecution were kindled. Christians were strapled of their positions and driven from their homes. They endured a great fight of afflictions. Hebrews 10:32. they had tried of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yeah, moreover, of bounds and imprisonment. Hebrews eleven thirty six. Great numbers sealed their testimony with their blood. Noble and slave, rich and poor, learned and ignorant were alike, slain without mercy.
1: Those persecutions beginning under Nero about the time of the martyrdom of Paul continued with greater or less fury for centuries. Christians were firstly accused of most dreadful crimes and they declared to be the cause of great calamities. Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. As they became the object of popular haters and the suspicion, hatred and the suspicion. Informers stood ready for the sake of gain, to betray the innocent. They were condemned as robbers against the empire as foes of religion and the best to society great numbers were thrown to wild beasts or born alive in the art in the okay. in the um competitors some were crucified others were covered with the skins of wild animals and they thrust into the aren't to be torn by dogs. Their punishment was often made the thief the chief entertainment at public feast. Vast multitude assembled to enjoy the sight and they grated their dying agonies with laughter and the applause. <laughs>
6: Wherever they sought refuge, the followers of Christ were hunted like white, like beasts of prey. They were forced to seek concealment in desolate and solitary places. Destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Hebrews 11, 37 and 38. They Catacombs afforded shelter for thousands beneath the hills outside the city of Rome, long galleries had been tunneled through earth and rock. The dark and intricate network of passages extended for miles beyond the city walls. In these underground retreats, the followers of Christ buried their dead. And here also, when suspected and proscribed, they found a home. When the life giver shall awaken those who have fought the good fight, many a martyr for Christ's sake will come forth from those gloomy caverns.
7: Under the fiercest persecution, these witnesses for Jesus kept their faith unsolid, though deprived of every comfort, shot away from the light of the sun, making their home in the dark but friendly bosom of the earth. They uttered no complaint. With words of faith, patience, and hope, they encouraged one another to endure privation and distress. The loss of every earthly blessing could not force them to renounce their belief in Christ. Trials and persecution were but steps, bringing them nearer the the arrest and their reward.
8: Like God's servants of old, many were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Verse thirty-five. These called to mind the words of their master when that when persecuted for Christ's sake, they were to be exceedingly glad for great will be their reward in heaven for so the prophets had been persecuted before them they rejoiced that they were accounted worthy to suffer for the truth and songs of triumph ascended from the mist of crackling flames Looking upward by faith, they saw Christ and angels leaning over the battlements of heaven, gazing upon them with the deepest interest and regarding their steadfastness with approval. A voice came down to them from the throne of God. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10.
9: in vain were satan's efforts to destroy the church of christ by violence the great controversy in which the disciples of jesus yielded up their lives did not cease when these faithful standard bearers fell at their posts by defeat they conquered god's workmen were slain but his work went steadily forward the gospel continued to spread and the number of its adherents to increase. it penetrated into regions that were inaccessible even to the eagles of Rome, said a Christian. As postulating with the heathen rulers who were urging forward the persecution, you may kill us, torture us, condemn us. Your injustice is the proof that we are innocent. Nor does your cruelty avail you. It was but a stronger invitation to bring others to their persuasion. The oftener we are mown down by you, the more in number we grow. The blood of Christians is seed.
6: Thousands were imprisoned and slain, but others sprang up to fill their places. And those who were martyred for for their faith were secured to Christ and accounted of him as conquerors. They had fought the good fight, and they were to receive the crown of glory when Christ should come. The sufferings which they endured brought Christians nearer to one another and to their Redeemer. Their living example and dying testimony were a constant witness for the truth. And we at least expected the subjects of Satan, we are leaving his service and enlisting under the banner of Christ.
0: Satan Satan, Satan, therefore laid his plans to war more successfully against the government of God by planting his banner in the Christian church. If the followers of Christ could be deceived and led to displease God, then their strength, fortitude and firmness would fail and they would fall an easy prey. (laughs)
10: <laughs> the great adversary now endeavored to no. gain by artifice what was had failed to secure by force persecution ceased and in its stead was substituted the dangerous allurements of temporal prosperity and worldly no. honor idolaters were led to receive a part of the christian faith while they rejected the essential truths they professed to accept jesus as the son of god and to believe in his death and resurrection but they had no conviction of sin and felt no need of repentance or of a change of heart with some concessions on their part they opposed that christians should make concessions that all might unite under the platform of belief in Christ.
4: <laughs> now the church was in fearful fellow creating a fire and for the aggressive complaint. some of the Christians to him, declaring that they would make no compromise. Others were in favor of using or modifying some features of their faith and uniting with those who had accepted the path of Christianity, arguing that this might be the means of their full conversion. That was a time of deep anguish to the faithful followers of Christ. Under a cloak of pretended Christianity, Satan was assimilating himself into the church to corrupt their faith and turn their minds from the word of truth. <laughs> Most of the Christians at last consented to lower their standards, and a union was formed between Christianity and paganism. Although the worshippers of idols professed to be converted and united with the church, they still clung to their idolatry, only changing the objects of their worship to images of Jesus and even of Mary and the saints. The foul living of idolatry, thus brought into the church, continued its baleful work on sound doctrines, superstitious rites and idolatrous ceremonies were incorporated into her faith and worship as the followers of christ united with idolaters the christian religion became corrupted and the church lost her purity and power there were some however who were not misled by these delusions. they still maintained their fidelity to the offer of truth and worshiped god alone there have ever been
11: class among those who profess to be followers of Christ. While one class studied the Savior's life and earnestly seek to correct their defects and conform to the pattern, the other class shone the plain practical truths which exposed their errors. Even in her best estimates, the church was not composed wholly of the true, pure, and sincere. Our Savior thought that those who willfully indulge in sin and not to be received into the church. Yet he connected with himself men who were faulty in character and granted them the benefits of his teaching and example, that they might have an opportunity to see their errors and correct them. Among the twelve apostles was a traitor. Judas was accepted not because of his defects of character, but notwithstanding them. He was connected with the disciples, that through the instruction and example of Christ, he might learn what constitutes Christian character and thus be led to see his errors, to repent and by the aid of divine grace, to purify his soul in obeying the truth. But he does not walk in the light, so graciously permitted to shine upon him. By indulgence in sin, he invited the temptations of Satan. His evil traits of character became predominant. He yielded his mind to the control of the powers of darkness. He became angry when his faults were reproved, and thus he was led to commit the fearful crime of betraying his master. So do all who cherish evil under a profession of godliness, yet those who disturb their peace by condemning their cause of sin. When a favorable opportunity is presented, they will, they will like Judas, betray those who for their he good has have to sought to the well, iniquity. Ananias and Sapphira acted the part of deceivers, pretending to make an entire sacrifice for God when they were covetously withholding oppression for themselves. The spirit of truth revealed to the apostles the real character of these pretenders and the judgments of God read the church of these foul blots upon its purity. This signal evidence of the discerning spirit of Christ in the church was a terror to hypocrites and evildoers. They could not long remain in connection with those who were in habit and disposition, constant representatives of Christ. And as trials and persecution came upon his followers, those only who were willing to forsake all for the truth's sake desired to become his disciples. Thus, as long as persecution continued, the church remained comparatively pure. But as it ceased, converts were added, who were less sincere and devoted. And the way was open for Satan to obtain a foothold.
9: but there was there is no union between the prince of light and the prince of darkness and there can be no union between their followers when christians consented to unite with those who were but have converted from paganism they entered upon a path which led further and further from the truth satan exulted that he had succeeded in deceiving so large a number of the followers of christ he then brought his power to bear more fully upon this and inspired them to persecute those who remained true to god none understood so well how to oppose the true christian faith as did those who had once who had once been its defenders and these apostate christians uniting with their half pagan companions directed their warfare against the most essential features of the doctrines of christ
3: Nations which were disguised in sadotal garments and introduced into the church. The Bible was not accepted as a standard of faith. The doctrine of religions, religious freedom was termed heresy and its upholders were hated and proscribed. After a long and severe conflict
5: Decided to today. A post state church, if she still refused to free herself from falsehood and adultery, they saw that separation was an absolute necessity if they would obey the word of God. They dared not tolerate, tolerate errors fatal to their own souls and set an example which would empower the fate of their children and children's children to secure peace and unity. They were ready to make any conception consistent with fidelity to God. But they felt that even peace would be too daily purchased at the sacrifice of principles. If unity could be secured only by the comprim- compromise of truth and righteousness then let there be difference and even war
1: well would it be for the church and the world if the principles that attracted those steadfast souls were were revived in the Heart of God's professed people. There is an alarming indifference in regard to the doctrines which are the pillars of the Christian faith. The opinion is gaining ground that after all, those are these are not of vital importance. This This degeneracy, this generacy is strengthening the hands of the against of Satan, agents of Satan, so that false theories and the fatal delusions which the faithful in ages past impaired their lives to resist and be exposed are now regarded with favor by thousands who claim to be followers of Christ.
2: Daily Christian were indeed a peculiar people. They are blameless de- deportment and unswearing and faith were a contrary reproof that disturbed the Senate's peace. Though few in number without 12 were position or honorable title, they were a
6: t- terror.
2: terror. To evil, to evil doers. Whenever their character the and doctrine. Doctrine, doctrine were known, therefore they were hated by the wicked, even as ever was hated by the uh, by the ungodly for the same reason that Ken swear ever did those who sought to throw off the Restraint. Restraint of the Holy Spirit, put put to death God's people. It was for the same reason that the Jew rejected and crucified this, and crucified the Savior. Be, because the impurity, what? the purity and holiness of His character was, to, was
6: second,
2: was, was a constant rebuke to their selfishness and corruption. From the day of Christ unto His faithful this, this, yeah, this, disciples. disciples have existed, and hated, hatred and opportune, opposition. opposition to those who love and follow the way of sin.
6: <laughs> How then can the gospel be called a message of peace? When Isaiah foretold the birth of the Messiah, he ascribed to him the title Prince of Peace. When angels announced to the shepherds that Christ was born, they sang above the plains of Bethlehem, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." Luke 2:14. There is a seeming contradiction between this prophetic declaration and the words of Christ. I came not to send peace, but a sword, Matthew 10, 34, but rightly understood, the two are in perfect harmony. The gospel is a message of peace. Christianity is a system which received and obeyed would spread peace, harmony, and happiness throughout the earth. The religion of Christ will unite in close brotherhood all who accept its teaching. It was the mission of Christ to reconcile men to God and trust to one another but the world at large are under the control of Satan. Christ be trustful. The gospel presents to them principles of life, which are holy at variance with their habits and desires, and they rise in rebel- rebellion against it. They hate the purity, which reveals and condemns their sins, and they persecute and destroy those who would urge upon them its just and holy claims. It is in this sense, because the exalted truth it brings occasional hatred and strife that the gospel is called a sword.
7: The mysterious providence which permits the righteous to suffer persecution at the hand of the wicked has been a cause of great perplexity to many who are weak in faith some are even ready to cast away their confidence in god because he suffers the basis of men to prosper why the best and purest are afflicted and tormented by their cruel power how it is asked can one who is just and merciful and who is also infinite in power tolerate such injustice and oppression. This is a question with which we have nothing to do. God has given us sufficient evidence of his love, and we are not to doubt his goodness because we cannot understand the workings of his providence. Said the Savior to his disciples, foreseeing the doubts that would press upon their souls in days of trial and darkness, Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. John fifteen twenty. Jesus suffered for us more than any of his followers can be made to suffer through the cruelty of wicked men. Those who are called to endure torture and metadom. Are but following in the steps of God's dear son
8: the Lord is not slack concerning his promise second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 he does not forget or neglect his children but he permits the wicked to reveal their true character that none who desire to do his will may be deceived concerning them again The righteous are placed in the furnace of affliction that they themselves may be purified that their example may convince others of the reality of faith and godliness and also that their consistent cause may condemn the ungodly and unbelieving
12: god
9: permits the wicked to prosper and to reveal their enmity against him that when they shall have filled up the measure of their iniquity all may see his justice and mercy in their utter destruction. The day of his vengeance hastens, when all who have transgressed his law and oppressed his people will meet the just recompense of their deeds, when every act of cruelty or injustice toward God's faithful ones will be punished as though done to Christ himself.
12: There is another and more important question that should engage the attention of the churches of today. The Apostle Paul declares that all that... Thank you. Thank you. The Apostle Paul declares that all that will live godly in Christ, in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Why is it then that persecution seems in a great degree to slumber? The only reason is that the church has conformed to the world's standard and therefore awakens no opposition. The religion which is current in our day is not of the pure and holy character that marked the Christian faith in the days of Christ and his apostles. It is only because of the spirit of compromise and sin with sin, because the great truths of the word of god are so indifferently regarded because there is no little there is so little vital godliness in the church that christianity is apparently so popular with the world let there be a revival of the faith and power of the early church and the spirit of persecution will be revived and the fires of persecution will be rekindled
0: amen, amen. Okay, so we have finished reading chapter 2 of Great Controversy, and like I said before we started, we are going to look at it from the purpose for which the book was written. Of course, we'll still go through the think-feel-do process. What do we think about what we have read? How do you feel? And what does it make you want to do? But before we do that, I already said before we should, as we read, try to pick out the errors that's the darkness and know what the light is that God is showing to us in this reading and also to understand the methods Satan has used in the past and know how those methods are already he's already setting the stage for those methods to be used once again and then also know what am I supposed to be doing now what are the characteristics of those who faced it before that's early Christians and how am I supposed to learn from them how I'm to respond today to the same things that satan will repeat so let's go on let's hear from everyone what do you what do we learn from this reading Those are, okay someone wants to speak can go on
4: okay. In the last- Where it says that the gates of the word of God are so indifferently regarded because there's little vital godliness in the church. This really really speaks to me right now because I'm in an Adventist school, yeah, and I'm coming from my so called graduating class in Thanksgiving. So they said this Sabbath, all final year, must come and thank God so they made the composed because normally i didn't even want to go and they made it composed and since it was composed to be honest i didn't want trouble this final year so i went ahead and i went so that i could sign my attendance and everything but then during the thanksgiving as they put it it was they got life banned though they got like life banned for our thanksgiving and it was on Sabbath. and the live band at a point when they were singing the Thanksgiving song, they said we should dance like this, we should dance like that. I started to call names of. I don't even understand what was even going on, and I was looking at this Thanksgiving. That, geez, what am I even doing here? Like, why did they have to make this composition? And I'm like, fucking out of loud, if this is a federal school, we would say that it is a federal school. But this is this is an Adventist school, an Adventist institution on Sabbath day bringing all this for us to in their words thank god why are they making me compulsory to thank god that's in the first sentence so i feel like the there's little there's truly little vital godliness and the fact that the church is so at peace because of in all honesty we have accepted we have accepted everything secular because at the end of the service there was since it's a mixed multitude it's a mixed multitude of both adventist and non-adventist students there was really it was actually I felt, I felt like my sabbath was robbed from me, that kind of thing because even during the preaching something happened that the security started chasing some students that were running out of the program and everybody started laughing while the vice chancellor was preaching like while doing the clinching exactly like doing the divine service and this was the scenario we were having, and everybody was laughing. And I'm looking at, what is this? Like, doesn't not I don't even understand how to even put like how to paint it that is this church? When I say like this, that I've come to church, that this is my sabbath, mm-hmm. like, this is me in divine service, that kind of thing. And then I was even looking at what was going on. It was as if there was a point that they start calling um the honor honors that the people, the people that they gave our watches, now honor. Oh, no i don't even know the words they without calling them the vice chancellor i stand by this that, that they should come and collect a word and court kick on sabbath in a way i just thought that this is probably the reason why sister white was like we should not get married on sabbath because it's definitely no wise take our minds away from the sanctity of the sabbath that kind of thing and yet they made decompose with this kind Everybody must be there. They even brought cards for us to sign. So if you are not present, you will definitely be punished. So it really brings to the fact that it's not only about us saying that oh persecution will come from outside, maybe outside the Adventist world, even within our Adventist institutions, even within our world, as far as we are, we are like we are accepting the secular world. In the end, everybody will be comfortable. There is no, there is no difference. There is no, there is nothing that is making making us different. So why should they persecute us? For example now, I'm sure if they made this, our Thanksgiving service, something solemn, maybe something solemn, we just sang hymns, like a typical Adventist um church service. Maybe during the program, there'll be a period where we stand up and sing Thanksgiving to God, that kind of thing. Maybe they made it just a normal, typical Adventist. I'm sure students, maybe they'll throw water on this bc or they'll, they'll surely rally against it because what they really wanted was to dance during the dance period everybody was everybody was at a point they would stopped singing god's song and the talking drum took over and you could have you would have seen the way the whole students were all crazy and i'm like this is sabbath and this is what is going on i just couldn't relate to the experience i feel like the truth is, is because the church has become the Same thing as what is there, what is there is what is here. So there's no need of persecution. Everybody's fine, no problem. Let's continue this way. So, so losing the think see and do. I think I've done the think and see. I think what we should do is they need to the reading told us something about separation. But I don't think I don't know if we have to separate from our own church. Are we Adventists going to separate from Adventist institutions, Adventist Church itself? I'm not really sure, but I think it has to get to a point in which. We have to decide and we we have to decide on what to do because personally i felt that i shouldn't have been there but then maybe my faith hasn't gone so strong that i didn't i i was so scared that okay i will sign my car and this and that so maybe if i was able to like stand through that okay have that faith in god since we are studying about abraham anything that will help him, trust in god because if i have done i would have I would have been sheltered from that. This whole experience of so-called Thanksgiving. So I think we we have to we have to really um, we have to really stand our ground. This kind, whatever would have happened would have happened, or whatever would happen would happen. And also separate ourselves from a lot of unwarranted situations. I think that's what we should do anyway. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Yeah, thank you, sister Marybeth. I think you have. I, I could see how what we read has applied to your Sabbath, not just present situations like today. And what you are pointing out from the reading, so that anyone who is listening will not forget, what she's saying is the lack of vital godliness in the church is what leads to this kind of things. So an example is what she just said: lack, lack of vital godliness in the church is what is causing this. I would like us to really go from the onset to look at what really brought about this uh, persecution, like I said, how to respond to it. And then, of course, we saw later on that the persecution stopped and something worse happened, which was the entrance of the idolaters who did not give up the idolatry and eventually some Christians decided, oh, there's no difference between us and them, It's not so much, let's just accept them. We also saw something about Judas and how the church is not supposed to tolerate things like that, but for the sake of changing people, we allow them coming. How do we relate to all these things today? And even what Sister Mirabe just mentioned, the separation, of course we can talk about that. So, uh, Brother Clarence wants to say something, let's hear from you first before we go on.
10: Yeah, yeah, I think the um, the, Point that my sister is raising is taken from uh page 38 isn't it yes where it talks about idolaters were led to receive a part of the christian faith while they rejected the other essential truths right they professed to accept jesus as the son of god and believed in his death and resurrection i think one of the challenges to put this into its proper context in a small way is to really understand what's going on um, in our part of the vineyard we can clearly see there's an issue of leadership as it was in the first reading of um, the destruction of Jerusalem. You can see that the issue of leadership will precipitate our own destruction and we can see that currently in the church. The second um, also is that leadership has silenced into allowing certain doctrines like you see with the new wine churches um, that have been set up around the Baqqoc vicinity. And clearly in the great controversy, the key word here, while they reject essential truths. So the question is, what are those essential truths that they're rejecting? And clearly one has to do with, we've discussed that before, speaking in tongues, and yeah. one has to do with the manner and the nature of worship. And these essential truths, it's interesting, you don't hear the ministers preaching about these essential truths, because the reality is, the politics is, is that they may lose their position, right? If they do so, they are paid by the establishment. So to go back to the context, what we are learning and why that precipitated this is because it was prophesied as Christ set out in the early part of the reading as well as in Matthew 24, 9 to 21 to 22, where he foretold that um, the rulers of this world would be might out to the church. So we've noticed that what Satan did, clearly as you read further down, is to bring these individuals into the church in leadership positions to establish themselves and allow the mayhem to pursue So that's one of the reasons why persecution took place because Christ prophesied it. But then when you go through from page, uh, I think 36 through, it gets into the details of the fires of persecution that were kindled against uh, Christians. In this context, they were were, were stripped of their possessions, right? Mm -hmm. Historically. But in our context of today, we will be prohibited into certain positions, and you can clearly see this with the downfall of Adra and what precipitated the downfall of Adra. You can see this with the tussle between Wad and other conferences. You can see what's happening here. So, clearly, you know, it's like a shake up, right? But in that shake up, there's a prevailing, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, agonies that the, that the laity are experiencing. And where do we take solace? Well, they took solace in the catacombs. Where are we to take solace? We need to take solace in the word of God. And my final point is on that point, because there's so much, it's, you know, it is this, Um, I think it is, with some concessions on their part, they propose that Christians should make concessions, which is what we're asked to do that all might unite under the platform of belief in Christ, which is what is going to be repeated in our time when you see the threefold union between Mm. church and state and another elusive entity, yeah? Which we'll discuss later. But the the point I want to make is that these concessions that are being made is already started. You can see that there's a substitute effect taking place between the great controversy and the book called, what's the book? The Great Hope. Is it The Great Hope, I think? Yes, right? And there's clearly strategies to substitute the great controversy, as we read, that we should actually spread it like leaves uh, against this book. So you can see what is happening. The question is, you can't look towards the leadership for the solution. The solution is in in the relationship that you have with the Spirit of Prophecy, with the Scriptures, yes, and of course, the church manual. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, sir. Uh... I also want to point out something with respect to what to expect, you see the the, the reading starts with the persecution of the early Christians, that's what it starts with, it starts with the persecution of the early Christians, and are we to expect persecution to the same extent that the early Christians faced? In the book of Revelation 13 we are told that there is going to be a threat that will be made to those who do not receive the mark of the beast it says in revelation 13 reading from verse 16 and he caused all both small and great rich and poor free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand on or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name okay before that sorry in verse 14 he says and deceived them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which did live which, sorry, which had the wound by the sword and did live. And then verse 15 now says, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So here we see that there will be martyrs in that time. There are people who are going to be killed for not accepting what with the, the direction that the world and the church or the threefold, you know, like we said earlier, is going, so we should expect that this will happen. And then what we'll now be asking ourselves, how are we to respond to this kind of persecution? For me, I would say God is preparing us for it. The early Christians did not suddenly get into this persecution, it, it started gradually. And if we face small persecutions and run away from it, the Bible says, if you cannot run with a footman, how can you run against horses? God wants to train us, he knows what is coming ahead, and so he allows us to go through these situations like what Sister Marybeth was mentioning now, where we need to develop that courage, where we need to develop those characteristics that will be needed to face the greater persecution, the fortitude, the courage, the determination, the indomitableness that a Christian should have. You don't get it. If you read the book Ministry of Eden, that chapter 38, I don't know the exact ver- the exact paragraph, but she says, faith in God, in God's power to save. Fortitude, indomitiveness. These are not characters of a Christian that have developed in a day. They are developed by long experience. So when we come into the Christian faith, God trains us through long experience He reserves for us little persecutions here and there that we can face little ones and when they come he gives us the power to bear them but the reason he's doing it is that he's preparing us for greater persecutions. if you read the book of Joshua sorry judges judges chapter three reading verse one and so let's just check it judges three God did something in the character building of Israel judges 3 verse one and two it says, now these are the nations which the lord left to prove israel by them even as many of israel as had not known all the wars of canaan only that the generations of the children of israel might know to teach them what war at the least such as before knew nothing thereof do you understand what god did here he brought the children of Israel to canaan but he ensured that joshua and his cohorts that came to canaan did not destroy all the canaanites for a purpose so that the other children who were coming up that didn't know how to fight war will have some tools that God was going to use to use them how to, to, to use to train them to fight war. That is an example of what God does for every Christian. For every Christian, He reserves your own training for you. And when we see it like the children of Israel, what did they do? Instead of fighting the war and destroying the Canaanites, which were the Philistines, there were five of them, the Philistines and f- four other nations. Instead of them destroying them utterly, they said to take tributes from them, were taking taxes from them and kept them alive. And what, what did they do to them? It was their destruction. It, they compromised with them and that was what destroyed them. Instead of them to use those people for the purpose that God did. You see, Ellen White and Co and the early Christians, or let me say our pioneers, did not finish the work of preaching the gospel for a purpose. God will not allow them to finish it so that us, those who are coming ahead, will have work to do. And when this work is there for us to do, which will involve persecution while you are doing it, it will involve uh, a lot of uh, troubles that will come away. And if these troubles don't come, there will be no need for me to arouse, to develop fortitude, to, for, to develop courage and indomitableness. Unless these situations come up, I will not see the reason to develop such characters. So that's why God allows this persecution so that we can develop the right character. I mean, for us today, the little persecutions we face, for example, you go to school and they put exams for you on Sabbath. What are you supposed to do? You are supposed to use that to learn how to develop your faith in God by standing for what is right. You go to youth service, the same thing happens there. For some, they tell you to dress, like ladies, they tell you to dress in shorts. Today we call people wearing bum shorts, is wrong, Is wrong. But in youth service for three weeks, ladies are going to be wearing shorts, is that right? You are supposed to develop your faith through such experiences. Even the young men, you go there too, the same thing happens, and apart from that, Sabbath is supposed to be observed. For three good Sabbaths, you'll be made to break the Sabbath. What are you going to do? You use those experiences to learn. If you cannot use these little experiences, when nobody's putting a gun on your head, nobody's threatening you that you are you're not going to buy or sell. They're not threatening you with imprisonment and death, yet you are compromising don't deceive yourself. If you cannot pass through the little ones, Jesus said, he that is faithful in that is list, be faithful in much. So also with us. if we are not faithful in these little persecutions, you get a job. Like Bacchus was telling us two weeks ago about a job, an interview he went for, and then he says, the Sabbath was coming, and he told them, I have to leave. I have another boss I'm answering to. If you cannot do such things, when the real trouble comes, don't deceive yourself, you will not stand. That's the truth. So that's the lesson I get from the first part of persecution, of course, we have the part of compromise and then other lessons we want to learn. So, I, I, okay, someone wants to say someone wants, You want to say something? Yeah, sister Ellen? wants to say something. Let's see.
12: I actually wanted to ask a question. Sister Mary Bell, you don't know me. Okay, she had already asked the question before. She was like, Should we separate from the church or what should we do? So, like, we have, we need to, we need to come to a point where we we'll make a decision. What decision should we make? How should we go about it?
0: okay um i want us to leave that question eh, till the end sort of let's just let's just uh, squeeze out all the lessons we can get first because this part of separation came later after the persecution let's talk about the compromise and how they responded to it before we then talk about that part we're not going to avoid it we'll talk about it but let's first of all just f- flesh out the other lessons from the reading all right, but Clarence, you want to say something? Yeah. Any other person, please, you want to say something? Uh, just- I, I think
10: to, 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 write, to write on the back of what you've said, um, and for the for the purpose of the group, I, the, the, the context of the what we're reading, I want to place that within what's going on prophetically. So clearly, we can see, as you rightly pointed out already, that the events that took place in the first century, the persecution of the Christians, will also take place in the last days, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what that context of that is, is some interesting things. The first one is that there will be a religious union that will be set up between Catholicism, apostate Protestantism, right, and spiritualism. And we already see that these events begin to converge already as we speak. We can see that there is attempt to now use the idea of climate change and family as a means to bring about a confederated union, right? And if you read through Daniel, we can pick up on that. So the first one I wanna get to our brothers and sisters is that there's gonna be a confederacy and they need to keep their eyes open on that, on the prophetic agenda. The other one that leads to that is that there will be, uh, how would you say, um, spiritual excitement will then take place, miracles will happen. And then the national Sunday law will come into being. Now, these three things can actually take place concurrently But these three separate events must be understood. And the reason why I'm bring it out, because to the point that you made in the book of Revelation, it is when that takes place, the National Sunday law, not when it goes universal, when it takes place in America, because there will be a universal impact of that across the world. But when the national Sunday law now, which is on the books, is now right enacted, yeah, what we will enter into is now the ceiling event, which is what you touched on, you know, the the marking and the ceiling. And so the point I want to bring home is this. When you talked about um, preparing us, as you brought about in the book of Judges, the interesting thing here, I get a sense of, and i like to see if I'm, I don't know if I'm correct, that the Lord is only preparing a remnant in that remnant. And the others, that, that this is what is taking place for us, right? But when it takes place out in a wider context, many individuals that never heard the gospel will have an opportunity to decide. So, really, what we are reading is relating to our own destruction or our own reconciliation. And it's important for us to understand that in its wider context. And that's from a top-down perspective. While as individuals, we must strive. Because the question I posted is, um, somebody's going to say, well, how do we align ourselves? Well, simple. Let faith speak by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, we have to make time out to familiar ourselves with a man of grief and sorrow. Thank you.
0: Thank you, sir. Let me read what Sister Dami has here. Sister Dami, if you want to speak to, you can still let us know. It says, I was thinking about this recently. That's okay, persecution develops character. I was thinking about this recently. God allows persecution in different levels, similar to how a gym trainer allows a newbie take in weights to develop muscles. Each stage prepares the individual for the next. God helps us to build spiritual stamina to resist temptations ahead through persecution i think to me this is a very important part of this chapter we need to understand what persecution is for the first persecution is preparing for the next and like that and there's another one coming ahead of us the greater one the greatest one so we need to not shy away from the little persecutions that come our way today because those are the ones that prepare us for the other ones because we see that in these christians for you to see death before you and stand, it's not an easy thing it's not you need a training for that and that's what god is trying to do for us with these little persecutions so the lesson for me one of the lessons here is that we should not run away when God is trying to kill us with little persecutions? Yeah, that, like Sister Dami has already said, persecution is for building of character. And also, we, we at the last part of the at the last part of the book, we saw what why God allowed the persecution. I think there were three reasons given why God permits it, so that the devil is re- reveal his character, to we'll build our own character, and so that the other agents of Satan we can see them for what they really are. That's 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 the reasons that God allows persecutions. Okay, Sister Marybeth I can see your hand
4: add that I just add that sometimes I don't know, I don't know sometimes we don't know where um testation is like when when it's time to actually like this flat like, sometimes something comes come as far okay I don't know if it's like right, I don't know if it's wrong let me just be on the safe side like I don't know how to like pass out the method what I'm trying to say actually but what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes I feel like Sometimes we need to like go in our face, or maybe have a deeper connection but Because sometimes we really don't know. May, actually, it's like be right in the middle that you realize that oh no, I should have done this, that kind of thing. So I feel, I feel like, like you said, the Christian is about um, strengthening our spiritual muscles or making us stronger. But then sometimes we really, we really have no idea. We don't know what it is that is going to happen or when it's going to happen. So I think that's like, I said that we should, we should keep on praying that kind of thing because some things come in very. The very dicey, dicey way in which you're like, if I do this, it's right. If I don't do this, it's still right. It's not wrong. Am I actually committing anything? You might not actually know that. Yes, something is wrong. Or. I'm actually it, but then it's like, like, a question just like we all not, I am like, just trying to say that it can be a very nice situation. unlike for the Christians that we study today, it's just kind of a direct you know, this kind of keep God or don't keep god um, follow the doctrines of the church or follow the scriptures. So does uh, the discre- the discrepancies between them like the difference between them is very very obvious it's either you're picking god or you're picking translation of me that kind of thing so it's easy to just pick god but what if it's a situation in which pick god or pick i don't know how to place it but something similar something mm they try a very similar counterfeit i don't know not exactly counterfeit, but then they are just confused that this is right this is also right in a way so it's not better but this is safer that kind of thing so i don't know when 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 does it become clear that okay yes it's, it's but since we are still in the training process probably by the time this is guided for the persecution god will make all these things probably a lot of big and leading aspects to this picking god in every situation and every day
0: all right, uh, Sister Mabel, but I think I get clearly what you're trying to say. There are situations that we find ourselves... Let me just frame your question well. There are situations we find ourselves that are very clear, that you know this is what you're supposed to do. But I would like us to understand it this way. It's not really the persecution we're looking for. Persecution comes only to those who are living godly in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Timothy 3 verse 12. It says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So it's not really about us looking for the persecution, I ask, is this persecution or is this not persecution? What we should be looking at is, am I doing the will of God? Is when you are doing it, that the persecution comes to meet you. Not necessarily that you are wondering which is the best decision to make you get. I know that there are some situations where it looks as if I'm trying to choose the safer decision. But in the case of the early Christians, like you mentioned, it's a case where it was clear. But the thing is, when we have clear discernment, you realize that we will know what to do every time and the persecution that comes with it we will not feel like we're being extreme or we're just being fanatical because fanatical has nothing to do with the right thing but sometimes people feel they are being extreme when they are doing exactly what god tells them to do so when well, you know what god tells you to do, just do it that's all whatever happens after that god will take care of it it's our own duty to just know what god wants us to do find out god's will in a certain situation and do it let me give an example that you, what you are saying now looks to people as not being clear, but to me it was clear when I did my youth service, and I knew very well that you cannot say you are keeping the Sabbath and you are coming out in the morning to do morning parade. and you are doing. Uh, they are giving you empowerment lectures, and you are sitting down there in the empowerment lecture. and they say you are going to carry Bible reading while you are compulsorily really sitting down in the empowerment lecture, and I advised myself that I cannot tell my. I can uh, to be on the safer side like you are saying now. The safer side is the sure side. When you are in such situations, do the thing that you are very sure is right. Don't go to the other side where you're not very sure as to whether this thing is right or not. Don't think you are being extreme. God knows our hearts, He knows our conscience. And if you are conscientiously afraid to disobey God and we make the decision that is safer, God knows. But when you make the decision that is safer to um, protect your career and still try to, uh, I'm still trying to preserve my relationship with God and at the same time preserve my ambition that one is not the safe one the safe one is the one that you are very sure that when you do it your relationship with god is preserved that's a safe decision so like i said when i was in youth service, that sabbath there were three sabbaths of course in all the sabbaths i left the camp i know it was against the laws of the camp i left the camp i went to worship friday evening came back saturday night two times i did it it had its consequences so called by the end of the day when i did when i reported myself that i left everybody was threatening doom and gloom for me but eventually nothing happened nothing happened but to me, I used that to develop my own faith. I wouldn't stay there and then ke- claim to be keeping the Sabbath when I'm doing parade and going for lectures and doing registration in Book of Life and all that, because they announced it that that Sabbath. They were going to do Book of Life. Now, guess what? There were other Adventists with me who we had planned to leave this the place to go and worship. But all of them met me on Friday saying, oh, ah, you heard the announcement, right? I said, yes, I heard the announcement. So that means we cannot go again. I said, yes, we can't go. Don't worry, because I didn't want any loot. I said, no problem. We can't go. But me, I knew what I was going to do. They stayed back. They felt they were justified. They felt they, they, they didn't have any other way to go around it, that they were going to do book of life registration. I mean, book of life, and the way they threaten you with it. Book of life, you miss it, you're not a copper. You miss it, you're out, this and that. And it was just fearful indeed, but me, I didn't care. I said I will do what I want to do. Switched off my phone, went out for service on Friday after, uh, Friday evening, came back Saturday night, and I'm here today. Nothing happened, you get. So in those situations, like I said, do the safe thing. Let's hear from. We have some people here who want to, bro. bro. Uh, yeah, we, I will. We'll take notes of them, bro. Clarence, and dummy. But there are so there are two people here who wanted to talk before. Okay, three people. So let's just be patient, Roger.
8: Okay, the, the, the contribution is not very direct to the question, but it's drawing our attention to how the workings of Satan. Because he said, let us not be ignorant of his devices. he says here, in vain were Satan's efforts to destroy the church of Christ by violence. The great controversy in which the disciples of Jesus yielded up their lives did not cease when these faithful standard bearers fell at their post. So as he he was trying to kill them, and they were dying, actually, but the thing did not stop. And so what did Satan do? Down the reading says, So therefore satan therefore laid his plans to war most successfully against the government of god by planting his banner in the christian church so beloved see how satan entered the church i had an experience this week where i'll buy i'll do the normal subscription on my phone and then all of a sudden the thing will just disappear i was confused and then it happened again It was supposed to be a monthly subscription so i had to call the network operators and they told me that i have maybe my settings there was an app or something that is on is zapping the data i said no it's not possible i don't even have the space in my phone to download the things that the megabyte could download so there was something wrong with i thought they were the ones collecting it and then when i pressed them i pressed them and then they told me something that will shock me And they said that, did you know that you have somebody sharing your data with? I say, me? I never allow, I I have never done that with anybody. There's somebody, there is a number that is linked to your number that is collecting. And the number, when we dialed the number, it was off. So apparently, when I would be sleeping, the person was using. So that's what Satan has done to the church. He came into the church using things. And this is a very good reading, actually. You see how Satan. Will weaken the faith of the people that the line has become so blood that the church now resembles the world. So it's hard to tell the difference most of the time. So that's why at the end part of the reading says the reason Christian is now popular. So, and the same thing with Adventism, we are happy when we see Adventists on the TV and uh, you see somebody linked to the church, one big person, we are happy. We even point people, oh, I am going to the seven day Adventist church. Which one? The one person is going. So once big people enter the church, we're happy, but the very people, the very people most of the time, not all the time, are the ones who bring strange things into the church. So I see how Satan is working. He tried it in Pio. He tried to use Balaam to curse them. The people, God did not allow it, the curse did not work. And so Balaam now advised them to use the word. So the thing he did not succeed to use Maybe by violence or by or by cursing. He managed through artifice, using people, women, walking in slowly. I mean, he will use many things to bring down the Christian today, even before the persecution starts. So that's why it's good that the trial, where he says that the trial is God's men. So as the trial is meant to keep us on our toes so that we realize that we're not to be comfortable or relaxed and forget that there is a war going on.
0: Yeah, Roberto.
7: Okay, uh, mine is more of an encouragement. I can relate to what Sister Mary Beth said today in regards to uh, worship. They, they actually celebrate, as in Thanksgiving, uh, workers' Thanksgiving. Uh, okay, for final years. But ours has to do with workers okay, yeah. And of course, today is the end of the moon. We, we celebrate the birthday, you know, the cutting of the cake. And in fact, I was asked to uh, be among those who will be officiating in the Sabbath school. I was supposed to pray for them. And uh, to my greatest surprise, I got to the church today and they said, I'm no longer part of it, you know, as if I knew, because this morning I was about asking the superintendent, I hope you guys are not cutting cake, you know, because they know, they know my stand. In fact, it's it's good to know where you're standing. I think God is drawing a a line between His people and those who are not of His. So um, it's important that as God's people, we need to let people know who we are and where we stand. And because they know my stand, because they know my stand, they knew that this guy will not be able to tolerate their, you know, cutting of cake and, you know, Small. other things they do in church that are mm-hmm. not comfortable. with. So the best thing that, if they helped me so much. Mm-hmm. They don't know that they helped me uh, by making that decision that I shouldn't be part of their, you know, the Sabbath school service. I was so happy because if I had been there, I would have been comfortable. Mm. So what I'm saying in essence is as God's people, we need to let those who don't have the fear of God know our stand It's very important. Just like Daniel, the, the, the Chaldeans or the leaders, uh, religious leaders knew that there are certain lines that Daniel cannot cross, mm-hmm. even if you make a decree. So it's good that as God's people, whom God is preparing for a greater persecution ahead to, you know, learn to take our stand. It's true that people will hate you. People will, you know, try to treat you in certain ways. That, you know, sometimes you begin to question yourself: Am I in the, in the right place? Um, one of the uh, passages that has helped me so much is um, where we read in, I think, page forty-five, paragraph three. Ever since I read this, I've had the courage to do God's will, irrespective of what it will cost me. Mm-hmm. It says, "If unity could be secured only." By the compromise of truth and righteousness, then let there be difference
0: even more.
7: and even war. I mean, um, the controversy, uh, page forty-five, paragraph three. I mean that yep. reading it. it has helped me so much. So each time I'm um, to take a stand for God, I don't care what people say. I don't, I don't care about the consequences, even in my family, in the church, even, in fact, anywhere I find myself. So I think we should make this, uh, um, how do I put it? If we should make it our standard. You know, there's this kind of love that is being preached in the church today. Love and compromise. I don't know if you've noticed. We'll be fine if we compromise. You know, let's love each other. Everything will be fine, contrary to God's will. And you begin to wonder what kind of love you know are they you know bringing into the church. I mean, and when you look at it, you see that it's not quite it's not different from the love of the world, because the love of the world is nothing but compromise. And they're bringing it into the church so that everyone will be under the same umbrella you know let's just love each other let's not be harsh let's not preach some certain truth in fact i was supposed to preach today being 24 but somehow somehow they knew in fact i was going to i was going to do something in the church today so they knew like uh we are reading there are certain positions where you you are placed in the church and satan is trying to his agents to you know block away those Silence you so mm-hmm. that you don't bring out those truth that the Holy one to see exactly. Something. So these things are happening, and I'm I'm happy because um it's a sign that God is preparing His people. It's a sign to teach us that God is preparing His people for what we soon break, you know, out there in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a bigger one, but these ones are just preparation to help us withstand what is what we soon hit the world. So um this passage that we read today is quite encouraging, very very encouraging for us as God's people. Who have come to the knowledge of the truth is very very encouraging it has encouraged me lot, especially this particular passage i read now it has helped me so much and when you stand for god, god will even make things a lot more easier for you like he did for me he knew i mean the superior knew that this guy will not feel comfortable he probably will walk away from yeah. the cyber school crew and they don't want such embarrassment so the best thing for them was to change you know the cyber school crew so it's part of the persecution that we're facing
0: today now, i want to point out that the reading, this um, reading of Great controversy, what it worked in you is what we should be expecting. We're not just reading just to have knowledge, because the truth is when you read things like that, that these people will not compromise. Let there be what war, even uh, you see that it's, it. The spirit enters into you too. That's what we want. You get. We're not just reading just to know. Mm-hmm. We want to have character. You know, this book is a character formation book. That's what it's for. So that as you read these things, you are imbued with the same spirit and reflect the same character. I just want to point that out. Uh, we have okay, Dami and Bro who wants to speak. So let me hear from Brani first, then
1: we'll come online. Okay. I want to say that probably there must be a persecution very, very soon. It will break out. Even it will start in the church. Because I believe that the early, the early Christian, the persecution did not start immediately. Um, it came gradually, gradually. As the real Christians, as they were separating themselves from the other ones, as their characters were different from the other ones, it built. A very big hatred in the heart of the other ones.
8: Okay.
1: When they were supporting themselves and like those things now that is happening in the church, and you're not, you know, following them in those mm. small, small apostases, they'll be looking at you as an enemy. <laughs> and one day I believe that there must be a persecution against these people that is not supporting them in their mm. uh, in their so, yes. Then now I want to read somewhere here, um, page 40 six paragraph one the first right of say that as well also well would it be for the church where would it be okay why would it be Why would it be for the church and the world if the principles that attracted those those that first souls were revived in the heart of god's professed people how can it be if they convert once if they give themselves to god if they prepare themselves to walk according to the principles of God. We are, how can it or how can they allow Satan to enter or to bring those uh, 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 those um, compromises. Uh, compromises? Because they allow Satan to enter into their heart and they separate themselves from the truth. That is the reason Satan walk with them. And they achieve all those things, even to the extent of persecuting their fellow Christians. Yes. I think that now, it is very, very important for us to know what is truth. Yeah for us to know what is right. Because I I think that the problem of most people is that they don't know the left and the right. They just take everything they see, everything they presented to them, they will take it, like this cutting of cake on the Sabbath day. You know, that most people in Adventist churches does not know that it's not good to cut cake on the Sabbath hour, because it's a celebration. (laughs) So when we know the truth, it will help us to make a stand. So it is high time for us to expose ourselves where we can hear the truth it is high time. Mm. Many people just, you know, stay in their comfort zone. They don't want to come and they don't want to, you know, make changes um, uh, uh, change or, or any move to know the truth. Most of us don't read. Most of us don't study. We just swallow everything we see in the church. So it's a very, very, it's a very, very critical situation. So it's a time, it's a high time for us to study, for us to know the truth, so that when the time of decision comes, we will stand for God. Right. if those if those are uh, those people that came into the church those uh began those pagan people that uh, that we are converted to the church if they give themselves for christ and they assimilate all the truth the land they will have work right but they didn't do that so likewise us today so i'm urging us today to make time to study the truth and know the truth and love the truth that's another thing it's a different thing to study the truth and to love the truth there are people that, you know, hears the truth and they, they were angry because sometimes truth is bitter. But when we have the love for the truth, it will help us to stand for God. Amen, thank
0: you very much. Uh, Sister Dami, you can go on with your comment. Uh, Sister Dami, your hand was up before. You can speak if you're ready. Okay, if you're not ready, Sister Goody, your hand is up, so you can speak.
3: Mine is... I
11: want to know how
3: to reach back to the ...from... Um,
1: okay, I think I what said.
11: ...I mean, looking at was, uh, the fact that I was... ...accessing the evil...
0: He said, "How do we what is compromise?" I'm not getting that part. Okay. All right, all right. How do we draw the line between? That's our next. That's the next part of our discussion, oh. actually, because after the persecution, the next thing is the compromise. So let's talk about compromise. The question has already led us to what I intended for us to go to already. So how do we draw the line with, with compromise? that when you are ready to speak, please let us know. Okay, so. Let's look at what the reading says. I think there was something there about not tolerating certain uh, kind of people. If you look at page 42, paragraph four. Let me see from paragraph three. It says the great adversary now endeavored to gain by artifice what he failed to secure by force. Persecution ceased, and in its stead were substituted the dangerous allurements of temporal prosperity and worldly honor. Idolaters were led to receive a part of the Christian faith while they rejected other essential truths. They professed to accept Jesus as the son of God and to believe in his death and resurrection. But they had no conviction of sin and felt no need of repentance or of a change of heart. With some, With some concessions on their part, They proposed that Christians should make concessions that all might unite on the platform of belief in Christ. Now, the church was in fearful peril. Prison, torture, fire, and sword were blessings in comparison with this. Some of the Christians stood firm, declaring that they could make no compromise. Others were in favor of yielding or modifying some features of their faith and uniting with those who had accepted a part of Christianity, urging that this might be the means of their full conversion that was a time of deep anguish to the unfaithful followers of Christ to the faithful followers of Christ sorry under a, f- a cloak of pretended christianity satan was insinuating himself into the church to corrupt their faith and turn their minds from the word of truth now let's see what it says here about um judas and accepting this kind of people. If you go to page 43, paragraph two, it says, there have ever been two classes among those who profess to be followers of Christ. While one class studied the Savior's life and earnestly seeks to correct their defects and conform to the pattern, the other class shun the plain practical truths which expose their errors. Even in her best estate, the church was not composed wholly of the true, pure, and sincere. Now it says, our Savior taught that those who willfully indulge in sin and not to be received into the church yet he connected with himself with men who were faulty in character and granted them the benefits of his teachings and example that they might have an opportunity to see their errors and correct them so I'll stop here what we will see here is two things two classes of uh, erroneous people There are those who are living in sin willfully while there are those who are faulty in character I think all of us most of us, let me speak for myself, I'm in the class of those who are faulty in character, not necessarily willfully sinning. And those who are faulty in character can be permitted so that by coming close in in relationship with the church, you're not perfect, but in relationship with the church, you can have an opportunity to learn and grow. But not for those who are willfully sinning. That's a different thing. And we need to identify those who are willfully sinning. Who are those willfully sinning? First of all, we start with their words. They don't subscribe to the teachings of God and openly say so. And some who in not police say so, you see them on repentance clearly telling you that they will continue to do what they are doing. You get all in their character, you see, you see there's no remorse. And we are told, such people, the Savior thought, not me now, the Savior thought that we should not do what. We should not do what, associate with them. They're not the ones who we have to permit. So that, that kind of compromise, no way. But those like who are 40, who wants to learn, by coming close to christ like judas judas was 40 almost all the disciples all of them all the disciples were 40 in character and jesus permitted them to come close to him so that they can learn so the compromise now comes when people want to insist on wrongdoing how do we relate to that because today such things are happening it's not just for the early christians i would say perhaps it's even worse for us than it was for them the kind of compromises that are coming how do we relate to this compromise we must stand our ground. That was what they did. That's what we have read earlier. The the, the, the early Christians, those who were faithful, like uh Brooke Clarence mentioned, it seems that among the Christians, there seems to be this other class who we call today, the remnants of the remnant, we call them whatever we want. But there, is this, there are these people who will not make any compromise. What we are reading in this chapter is, we should be among those who will make no compromise with evil, no compromise with sin. A time is coming when this same thing is going to happen. We're, people will say for the sake of unity, because when we say Christians now, we shouldn't limit it to just seven the Adventists. We should, we should see it in the Adventist context and see it in the Christian context of the whole world. The Christians of the whole world are going to say, let us just make some concessions on our parts for ecumenism so that we all can profess one thing among our, in the denominations. What's the difference between you and us? You keep the Sabbath, we don't. Why don't you drop this your Sabbath issue so that we can be one? What do we do in such situations? Yes, we Clearly, no, you can't go there. We're not going to secure Uh-oh. unity at the expense of the truth. Then within Adventism too, there will be discussions to that effect like, why don't we drop some of our peculiar points of faith so that we can bring in some people like the dress, the diets, even the Sabbath, don't push it too far. Don't, don't tell them not to walk on Sabbath just so that we can bring them in. And when we bring them in, it will be a means for us to convert them. We are learning today, we shouldn't subscribe to such things. In fact, let me use the one of dress for example. The Spirit of Prophecy says, before bringing people into the church, we must teach them dress reform and if they have stayed one or two uh, they have stayed two months in the in the faith and then they are not converted they are not supposed to be allowed to even be baptized that's what she says they're talking about um there's a place she said that it's a shame for us for those who are who have known the faith for a long time to talk about allowing people to come into the faith for two months and yet they have not yet understood the doctrines and she then mentioned that even dress is sufficient reason To do what? Those who know that quote is sufficient reason to even disfellowship people. So those quotes will tell us what kind of standard we should have and where the limit is. The principle should be no compromise at all with any uh, erroneous doctrine. Let me read what Sister Adami has, what she sent to us here. She says, when I read the stories of the reformers in the great controversy and stories of missionaries in yesteryears, I'm surprised that the reformers were afraid of error and association with evil. These days in our churches, we are more afraid of people raising the standards and making religion distasteful to others. We attack any semblance of fanaticism by our standards and are more mild with conformity and compromise. It's saddening. We should be less concerned with making religion appealing and more concerned with principles. True principles by extension will make religion positively attractive. And in fact, the world is suffering for lack of true principles you don't help them by dropping the standards you want to help the world raise the standard high that's the best way you can help them righteousness preserves a nation you join them in their evil and what's going to happen God will destroy everybody now God said about Sodom and Gomorrah if I find how many people five Five who are holding up the standard what will happen I I will not destroy it so you who are helping to preserve them by your righteousness if you try to make the compromise with them thinking that you are helping them what are you doing you're actually destroying them because your presence is what's actually helping them not just that God is not going to destroy, but by some of them seeing a different standard, they will make changes. I remember in that book, Pilgrim's Progress, when Faithful and Christian entered the Vanity Fair, when they went to Vanity Fair, and they were telling them to buy all the vanities that were there, the ones from England and France and Germany and the Rome and all kinds of vanities. They said, we will not buy anything. They asked them, what will you buy? They said, we'll buy the truth. And because of that, they persecuted them. Now, While they persecuted them and put them in prison and were taunting them, something happened. When the people who were around in Vanity Fair saw the composition, how these people composed themselves, the composure of Christian and faithful, when people rebuke them, they don't join them in their evil, they bless instead. The character of Christian and faithful touched some of them, and they joined Christian and faithful in their own faiths. Believing the truth. Then the persecution increased more. They said, oh, you people are the ones who have caused uh, other people in Vanity Fair to join you in your doctrine. And then they paraded them in Vanity Fair were persecuting them even more. But as they were parading them, they composed themselves in a godly manner, and more people got converted. They said, this is getting out of hand. Because many people were then questioning those who were persecuting Christian and faithful, asking them, why are you doing this? And when they saw the comp- uh, composure of Christian and faithful, they were touched and join so that's why we shouldn't compromise because when we don't compromise and we stand for what is right in the right spirit also it will touch the hearts of the worldlings and they also will join but our compromise will never help them so okay uh, let me read what Ryan sent here the context of compromise okay it says no no sabbath school study during week teachers class is more of discussion and less about no feel and do sabbath class is short long sermons no community lunch No afternoon programs, only for music programs. Those are elements of compromise. And I would even say that what we are studying now, I think the church should even make efforts to make these things general. I mean, make people get more engaged in these studies because people are asking, okay, how will people know these things? How people know these things? If the church doesn't make a a great effort, Brockler has mentioned earlier, they made efforts. And what was the effort? Great hope instead of great controversy, which was more of a deception. It's even better if nothing was done. It's better they didn't do anything at all than to have dished out that uh, lie. It was a lie. It, they said it was great controversy. Many people paid for it, that they were sending great controversy for us, and what came was great hope. I think, like I said, it was better they didn't even do that. And even the so called great hope, how many people even read it? A personal effort needs to be made at the end of the end. We shouldn't allow this compromise at all. We shouldn't allow it because it's because it's, it's eating of the church. And all that compromise I'm seeing, just by the way, is this uh, Hope 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 stuff I'm seeing. It seems I want to change the name of the church to Hope Hope something. You, get, you go to Ishugu here. ahead. heard that there's a church there that is called Hope Parish, Hope Chapel, right? Then you see our tracks in Delta there. If you go to Delta, the tracks are called Mission of Hope. Then our TV station, Hope Channel. Then I hear now that Adventist Hope, Adventist Home, the book Adventist Home has now been changed to Hope for the Family. It seems... They are gradually trying to desensitize us to make us see the church as more of this name, Hope, Hope, Hope. So maybe they want to leave the name for us. You we'll de- carry the Seventh-day Adventists. We we'll call ourselves Hope, This Hope, that. I don't know. Well, there's no problem with that. <laughs> they want to do that. Yeah, yeah, anyway, but... can I make <laughs> Okay, uh, sorry. I think Sister Mary Bell's hand is up. After she speaks, then we'll Clarence, you speak. Sister Mary please can go on. I
4: wanted to say... I wanted to say that something about making content and tolerant, right, most times, turning to something doesn't mean that turning to something ends where you don't participate, like you're not involved in it. For example, a simple like, example is, OK, I have a roommate that is, um, she's not an adventist. Or I shouldn't even be using adventist because really, some adventists don't do some of the things every other person does. But I have a roommate that doesn't believe in all these reforms. so. She usually plays circular music and I was tolerating it to the point where one day I was walking on the road and one song that she plays every single time just started playing in my mind. And honestly, I don't think I actually listened to that song. It's just that she played it out loud in the room. And in my mind I was thinking that I was just playing it so that we don't have let's let's live in peace. But to the extent to which I was just walking square something and then the song is playing in my mind and i are just I small. There's no how you play a song that i wouldn't hear it and i'm not interested that kind of thing so when i had like really explaining to her that sorry you're you playing secular music out we have to we have to actually cross the line about it because how you feel okay she doesn't really do hints like she, she listened to me, but she doesn't really do that kind of thing. So how do you feel if every morning since I go by two or so, I start doing that kind of thing? Don't you feel irritated? Don't you disabled? And that's it. So I feel like there has to be a line where you can tolerate something, because we um there's a the part where the facilitator was like that Just when when you'll be known um with righteousness and say attack, then there should be defense and Yes. So I feel like compromise comes in where righteousness, righteousness and truth would be attacked. So once it will get attacked, I feel like that's the point where compromising. But if it doesn't necessarily affect you, for example, when she's maybe when she's texting or doing her normal social media stuff, it doesn't affect. You. I can tolerate that. But the point at which it should actually affect my own Christian faith, that kind of thing, or affect my own truth, like when she was playing her music out loud, or the time that on Saturday she asked me, Can I use the iron, your iron to iron? I was like, No, instead, on Thursday, give me your give me the good one to wear on Sabbath, I'll be ironing it for you, no problem. That kind of thing. So at that point, you can't compromise these kinds of things because then you know that righteousness and truth are So I think that's just like a way of um, yeah. differentiating between compromise and
0: uh, All right, thank you, bro. Clarence, you can go on.
10: Yes, I was just trying to type down, uh, typed it, three levels of compromise that I realized relates to ourselves, relates to others in the church. In regards to, I, I type this, because my experience um, in Nigeria over the years and being personal ministries leader was a really, a, was a real challenge for me. Um, and I listened to my young brother talk about the things that uh, he stood for. And then later on, they kind of out and out generally. And one of the things I've noticed is that I, I've come to realize that there's, there is, uh, how would you put, a sleeping leadership sometimes among the elders to tackle the real issues that ought not to be a part of the church. And then there's the politics that ensues that. And the other side is is also, I realized not being an Adventist, of course I was an Adventist when I came in, but many, many I've come to realize, recognize that, don't really understand the truth in its context of doctrine i mean they understand the storytelling around it but when you get down to the analysis uh, it's not there and I, I, I many times when they're doing the um um the you know when when gospel uh workers are selected then you have gospel workers training right and there are a lot of issues that I've seen as a result of that, that has a bearing on the compromise. So in terms of the fact that the material that is presented for the training of the workers is so dense that one doesn't have the time to go through it or one or, or the material itself is very ambiguous. So, the point that I put down is this uh, in terms of compromise at the level of the church, right? Not, not between others and ourselves. No Sabbath school studied. It's very difficult. I noticed as a sub school teacher that many individuals come to Sabbath school not reading their lessons. And what we tend to do is to go back over the lesson as if, you know, as if we're doing uh, remedial classes. And I think I won't. I won't adjudicate to where my position is, only to say is, I think we need to rethink that uh, at, at another level. That's number one. And not because it just keeps going on and on and on. For the many years I've been in the church, nothing has significantly changed to get people to study. The other part is teachers' class. Teachers' classes, as I said, is more about discussions and less and less to do with the analysis. And a lot of people who are are made Sabbath school teachers, I've noticed this idea recently, I don't know how long it's been going on, but they tend to ask people, if you study your lessons, can you please stand up? And then out of that, they will select a remnant to teach the class, you know, who will be a sub-school teacher. I didn't know that there was a roaming sub-school teacher. I think sub-school teachers should be selected just like a sub-school superintendent and committed to it. That's what I thought, but this is what is happening. And so you get people who are teaching other people and yet the manner in which they're taught is not, there's no efficacy there because the people, our brothers and sisters don't get it. Um, And I think something needs to be done there. I think summer school, I noticed that summer school is short, you know, the period in which they're supposed to teach the summer school, by the time you, you know, there was once a time I can remember, early when I got to Nigeria, used to have a summer school card that used to say, how many Bible studies did you do? How many people did you visit? Well, that's disappeared. That compromise has been kicked out. So clearly something's going on here. Right, And then by the time you get to do the study, you don't get time because the class is over. You never really finish the lesson because some people go through the lessons Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, sorry, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I don't think that's the best way. And we don't get through the questions and the whatever. So there's another compromise there. Then there's the idea of long ser- sermons. I won't say much on that, but we should keep our sermons for 30, 35 minutes. And then people can have a break. And then during the break, right? You could have lunch. I've noticed now uh, there's because a lot of people come to church hungry and then what they do is they leave church with their hungry belly which is fed with the word of God but they're still hungry in their stomachs and they don't come back they make an excuse not to come back because by the time they spend the bus fare to go wherever which they don't have the money anyway they can't afford to come back and that's why there's no afternoon programs at churches I've noticed only when you have music programs everybody's on board you know to enjoy themselves so At the corporate level, these are some of the issues. And why I'm raising this is because it has a serious impact on others who are not so strong. And if we, this small group of us, we're discussing it, if we don't, with prayer, go back to our resident churches and make the case for change, and keep making it and and keep practicing it i think that many people are going to small uh fall through our cracks and leave the church because of our complacency not to take on the bigger issues and so clearly in our reading it says there's an alarming indifference in regard to the doctrines which are the pillars of christian faith this is absolutely true and the opinion is gaining ground that after all these are not of vital importance this is what we read and this is the same repeat what's going on today thank you
0: thank you sir okay let me let me read what sister dami sent here it says the sabbath school lesson is short and everyone is trying to avoid what they call controversial areas so it becomes shallow the teacher is satisfied with every member of the class agreeing with something we've always known. So they don't want agitation in the church. And uh, no doctrines taught, no principles emphasized and no standards raised. And we can go to church uh, for many years, many Sabbaths, and you find out that. There's really nothing practical you are learning. They're just saying the same things over and over again. So those are compromises that are coming to the church. But even deeper than that, like Robert has mentioned, now people come to church to celebrate their birthdays. In Maryland, now I hear that what's going on before it started with just the Sabbath school giving gifts to every uh, everybody born in a certain months, every celebrant will come at the end of the month and then they'll give you gifts. Now they have their WhatsApp groups i mean those born in january they have their whatsapp group those born in february down to december have their whatsapp groups after sabbath they have meetings everybody born in they all make announcements if you are born in february we we'll have a meeting in children's department if you are born in december we we'll have a meeting and then they come there and discuss there are these they have groups as in groups are forming so much and you don't even know which one is more important you are in the youth you are in the mentors group you are in the ay uh, i mean various groups so you are everywhere and every group they all want to do something, and when they want, when they give them the Sabbath to handle, everybody handles it like the book of Judges, as it's right in their own eyes. And you see many things are creeping into the church, many practices creeping into the church. Like we mentioned earlier about um, uh, new wine. I don't think I don't know. I don't think many of us understand. Yes, in in states there, around that election area in Babcock, you have these new wine churches. They've been there for many, for at least going to six years now or more. They've been there for a long time. They are, They do other practices like speaking in tongues. I mean, their kind of prayers are different. Their worship services is different. Of course, we've had, uh, what's their name, Victory Sanctuary there for a long time. And when you go to the US too, you see a lot of those kind of churches. The drums are coming into the church. These are new practices which you are not supposed to allow. Then, I mean, many things that are coming up, which... You know, like Richard Baxter will say, great apostasies have little beginnings. Mm-hmm. You have these days, pastors' day, this day, and mm-hmm. everybody's getting their day. And they look innocent, these things look very innocent but like I said, great apostases have little beginnings it starts very innocent it starts with you doing something that god never required you to do that looked innocent but the devil will take you in a direction you never thought you were going to go to in the beginning the, in the, at the beginning the people who started will feel like ah we didn't see anything wrong with this i remember when we were in fellowship in university the PRU will come and make announcements and say, oh, are there visitors here? If you are a visitor, please raise up your hand and then they will raise up their hand and then they will say, oh, you are welcome, you are welcome and then they will say everybody, okay, let's start. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. Then he will encourage everybody, don't shake hands, hug, hug, hug. Just hug everybody, hug. Now, these things have taken a a different turn. I've visited the school, things have taken another direction. The church gets its orderly, people stand up, shake hands, shake hands, shake hands, and all of that. In the fellowships now, at least the one I went to in Futo, you find out that first of all, Sabah school started something they called Sabah school. uh, uh, They called it Fruit of the Spirit um, football, something, something. That's what they called it. And then they will called the different levels 400 level, two, three, one. Everybody come and play football on Sundays. Before I left school, as a time I left after my youth service and I visited, I noticed that they are now using the church money, or their own money, to buy things like golden shoe. Then they can have a cup now, so it's now a tournament. Now they have even gone as far as changing the Champions League song to a church song. I don't know what they even sing in that song again instead of the champions they say something else you know that champions league song the champions they've changed it you, you know what this what is it is the but they sing they still sing the champions in the church right that's in the fellowship the
6: really. uh-huh.
0: mm-hmm. they sing it in church now they've changed it you are there now don't you hear them sing it
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: so you see the compromise uh-huh. so you see that little by little something that they, they called it they will give it a good name i was there i think i was in 200 level when they started fruit of the Spirit champions league and they would just buy only pure water at the first time they play football and then they buy pure water but by the time it was it had gone for four or five years it had now be called champions league sabbath school champions league they now have brother's coordinator whose work it is to ensure that sunday sports among the students is taking place they always play football every sunday before it was just four sundays now it is every sunday they must play football and they take the funds for that from the Sabbath school and sponsor themselves to eat and to drink and then they give themselves awards for highest goal scorer most valuable player and then they give a uh, cup i'm mm-hmm. just using this as an example to see how compromise starts with something look that look innocent even the devil will supply the pr for you mm-hmm. a very good name to give it it's public relations so that people will accept it yeah. fruits of the Spirit, champions league and then the advanced god will play they say you'll play oh, like the evangelist coordinator is playing like the holy spirit and everybody will just be accepting these things and they say oh you use to develop good character you see how the devil does this thing so these, these are just ways that compromise comes and we should be alert to see them when they are coming in and not be partakers of other men's sins. We grew up not knowing this kind of prayer where somebody coordinates and is telling everybody, pray, 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 pray for this. And then they, you pray, oh, then you stop. Then they'll tell them pray for this. Now those things are coming to the church too. You see people, they will say they want to coordinate prayer. And they learn it from the world because our children are attending the schools of the world and they learn it there and then bring it to the church and then they coordinate prayer. These are just some kind of compromises, but we are learning we should not give in to any of this compromise. Then to the question that was asked before. Now, let us talk about that. Two people have asked the question, what do we do? Are we supposed to leave the church? Let me give my own personal view. I don't think leaving is going to solve the problem. If you leave anywhere you go to, the same thing will happen there again. You only start as if all all is well, but everything will take the same turn to happen there again people will come in after some time the same compromise so if you are saying you want to live for purity's sake that one that's not the best but I, I don't know if the quote was the paulson's collection about our own churches what ellen white said about our churches i saw you going through mm. paulson's collection the one i shared with you mm, there's a there's a quote from Ellen white where she says take our young men away from those churches where this the, the the standard of piety is down she says the men who are controlling those churches they don't know their abcs therefore do not take your young children to those places find a way to worship a church where those things are not taking place. Because if you put your children under such such influence, where there is so much compromise, you'll find out that they will think that you, the parents, are the problem. Mm. Because when you take your child to a church, where you, the parents, are teaching them something different, the child will say, my father or my mother is making life burdensome for me, is making life difficult for me, because why am I so different from everybody? You are causing the problem for the young mind. It's whether that young mind is not exposed to such things, because they would likely think that you, daddy, you are not a pastor. Your elder and pastor are doing something different. Even pastor's wife said this or said that. We did it here in Nigeria. When we see in the U.S. the kind of compromise that is there, we wonder, ah, that means we are the ones who are taking these things too far. Can't you see the them abroad? They are doing this. They are playing drums in the church. You watch a voice of prophecy and um, hope channel. Hope channel and family reunion, and you see the dress, that means we are the ones who are taking these things too far. It's better we were not exposed to such things. I listened to heritage singers growing up, and we thought that whatever heritage singers are doing, that is holiness. And we started to conform ourselves to whatever we see them do. Their dress, their style of music, they play drum, we play drum. They wear these kind of clothes that are exposing, and we feel there's nothing wrong with it. We are the ones who are just making these things difficult for ourselves. You see them, they paint their face, paint it as if as in even the worldly musicians I don't they they are just the same. They are the same. And we use them as a standard. That's why we are told we should take our children away from such influences. Let them not see it because that compromise will affect them. So which heritage singers? Okay, we have a group called Heritage Singers in Seventh day Adventist Church. Heritage singers oh in the yeah, US. But the, yeah, but the
10: heritage singers you're talking about is not the heritage singers that I was exposed to. That, that must be a new type of heritage singers. The one, the heritage singers that at the time with um, uh, what's, what's this guy's name again? The one that died, just... who is passed on. Um, uh, He started VOP. What's, what's he yes,
0: saying? yes, uh, yes. What's he the, the one I can't remember his name when they started white man.
10: He could re- he could recite the whole Bible yeah. by heart. Mm. You remember? And he has a son that has Richards, HMR, HMS Richards.
0: That's it. Not not that one. That's Herald's. That's Herald's.
10: Oh Herald, oh.
0: yes, Herald. Yes,
10: Herald. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yes, 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 you're right. You're right. yes. Mm, but listen, I'm very... can, I, can i make a point to you that you're raising you see sure. I, I i've heard it you see I, look in church when i stand i'm not i'm not a popular figure in church if you ask anybody about Paul Bryant, you will get mixed messages okay and the simple reason is simple i'm not, comp- not going to compromise to this this nonsense but the problem that i find that i always raise my hand and point my finger is that the very people when these matters arise my brother many of us are silent Mm. let me be honest with you and we rather throw the one person under the bus let one man perish rather than the whole church you understand yeah so so my approach over time is to actually teach right and the only time you get to teach because you know they don't they won't make you a summer school superintendent or they would they would never do that right um is when they're asking questions in Sabbath school class mm-hmm. the way you answer by the grace of god will ginger someone to study beside you that you don't know do you mm-hmm. understand it's through influence we bring about change the only thing as i was listening to you is to set up a brand Sabbath school you know i know you left this last to the minute you know that should be withdrawn from the church but the point of the moment is we're not withdrawing from the church because the church is a movement. But what we can do is actually distance ourselves from false doctrines. And what we can do is actually, if it comes to a point where it's so bad, you, you can set up a brand sub of school. Exactly. Do you understand? So, and you can work within the confines of the church. Now, I have spoken to the very ministers of Noon Wine Church. I've spoken to them, I know them. And I, I will tell you what I find quite interesting, right? Is that they are more motivated by the socioeconomic platform of their members Frustrated. for you to be in part of that circle. Are you with me? Because others, like uh, my brother Sheyi, he went ahead and now he's set up Potter's House, right? Yeah. In Ikoyi right right um the other pastor i don't know where he's gone now i know pastor um Buki is still around but pastor g yes pastor g i don't know you know i mean so i i find it you can't have and and, and i tell you what really took the wind out of my sail when i saw the ex-president yes pastor joe has now joined that that those groups to endorse their behavior so when you look, when you are looking at a pastor like him, who is, a, you know, who is my friend? To let me use this word. How can when young people looking at that make a decision to say, "Oh, is there something wrong?" Because nobody is saying anything. This is the point. I go to Victory Sanctuary. Listen, when I used to live in VGC, the only church I could go to was Victory Sanctuary because I, I was a, I was a member in Maryland. So when I went to Victory Sanctuary, I go, I sit there, but I don't sit there and jump up and down and clap and speak in tongues, no. Uh, but basically when a time comes to engage in Sabbath school to divide the word of truth, I will do so in a very polite and nice way, not to cause contention, but to deliver the same straight message. So my point I'm making is, You see, liberal Seventh-day, no, conservative Seventh-day Adventism, that's that's the Adventism of the village, right, has lost its ground because what they have failed to do was to find a way to bridge a gap between young people being exposed to paganism and idolatry. And so what has happened, you get these young people now who've come on board truly yet they really mean well oh yes let's play a little bit music yes that's whatever but they're on the wrong track and there's no dialogue of narrative anymore in the church to discuss the alternative there is none none i went to the southeast conference spoke to them at a point not to realize that i was blacklisting myself so Mm. my point i'm making is i've come to a realization that now unfortunately the ministers can't speak because when i speak to them in silence do you know what some of them tell me ah this is my job. they will send me to some far regions of the of the sector where nobody is there in one bush that's what they're fearful of can you imagine so my point is it is up to the it's up to the laity the lay preachers to start build a program a systematic program you know alive is doing it in one way right a systematic program I, know I have some issues with that but alive nonetheless is doing something to build a systematic program of biblical education for all who desire to be a part of that final push of destruction that's what we need to be doing That's why I joined this forum. I think this forum is on point. But at the same time now, while we're here, we need to develop infrastructure. We need Mm. to push towards infrastructure. And if we don't do this, we are allowing a lot of young people to lead. Unfortunately, let me make a confession to everybody today. As much as I am full of zeal, do you know, my my own children said, and I taught them all the time, they keep the Sabbath, But they said, Dad, I'll never go to a Seventh-day Adventist church. That's what they're saying. And I make my effort. My wife, who is a Methodist, she will still go to Adventist church with me. And she would travail. But the children, mm -mm, they were shaking their head. They said, Dad, no. Because of the manner in which Adventist um, people relate to them. Do you understand? Communicate with them. So basically... This new dispensation of online church is up right on their street. They love it, but for me, I told them you can't be doing online all the time. So, stop, stop, but we have good family worship when the sun goes down. You understand? But they won't go to the church now. Imagine that's my household. Imagine others now who have no way, way, no way mark to guide them. So we have to create the infrastructure. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Um. In fact, like you mentioned, talking of the separation, I think we need to be very clear on the answer to that question. The answer is, it doesn't matter whether it's an Adventist church or not. We are not to place ourselves in a position where we are going to be fed error. The quote has been put here, Paul's collection, page 344, paragraph 1. It says, take the young men and women and place them where they will come as little as possible in contact with our churches. Not with any other church, with our churches. That the low grade of piety, which is current in this day, shall not live in their ideas of what it means to be a Christian. The worshippers of God are in need of a transforming grace to subordinate the world to religion. We have a lot already against us. We are not strong enough to place ourselves under error. We are too weak for that. So we cannot... Place ourselves on that error. We, we need to be very careful. We are still growing, so to put ourselves on that error just because it's under the name Seventh Day Adventist, it's not the best. But at the same time, to go and open another church, so it's not the best. Like Bro. Clarence, has said the solution, branch Sabah schools, another which is, will be which a kind of infrastructure. That I he's mentioning smaller churches where the 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 moving of uh, error will be not will not be felt as much as in the big churches. Just in small churches, and that means we must be doing evangelism. That's what it means within evangelism and try to have more control since you know that you need to push in the right programs you need to have a place where there is lesser control from the bigger uh, churches so that's what I would say to so answer that question we will be closing soon but the hands that are raised will speak before we close brother Mezu uh, Solomon, you can you are welcome <laughs> from where is that again Rwanda <laughs> Please, you can you can say
13: what you want to say <laughs> yeah, I've been looking um, for quite so much, for some while to my friends uh, device uh, I just decided to create my account, and I've been—I'm I'm, the—I'm not a social media kind of person, so I've not been so much in Telegram. So I didn't see the need until I saw this group, and someone said, "Man, you have to join." I was, okay, that's the reason to download <laughs> Telegram. So I thank God I'm here, and. Um, once upon a time, I grew up in a very conservative Adventist home. My dad was a reformer, a health reformer, a medical missionary, a health evangelist. He preached from the spirit of prophecy and believed the words of Ellen G. White as inspired from God. And a lot of pastors within the then Eastern Nigerian Conference and all the conferences that broke out of it, and also within the Enoch at the time, actually within, within more at the time, Nigerian Union Mission at the time, with Pastor Joe Ola as the as the president that we are very antagonistic to such such messages and such talking and for some time he was invited as uh, guest speakers on different different platforms i mean he would speak from inspired writing he was labeled he was blacklisted and um it affected us as kids growing up so at some point he said no i don't want the children to join the ay the, the adventist Youth ministry at the local church because um a lot of uh, a lot of immorality was brewing inside it was bleeding a lot. And because of that, he was also led again. He feels too righteous because he's more righteous than us, you know. And then we go for church programs and child dedications. And because we're vegetarian, Become, they become uncomfortable, they don't know what to give us, they don't want to, you know, they feel that it's substandard, and because we're the minority, it's something to make caricature of, it's something to, delete, like, talk down on, and, you know, doctors will think that from their informed, or from their status quo, they, they, they ask us if we know if we're, if we're being nourished or not, and we're just follow just because we think our dad has just said so, you know, and all that made the church environment. Actually, at some point, I was ashamed of going to church. At some point, I was ashamed of going to church. I did not have my peers. My peers, I used to walk alone because uh, I, didn't, I I wouldn't engage in the right. Discussing with them was uncomfortable for me. Mm. You become like a fault finder. Unfortunately, over the years, I began to think like that. Unfortunately, I began to say, "Okay, you see, it's better at the end of the day to to have some, you know, to, to have some social life within the, the family of God, you know." And um, unless I have these beliefs, I keep them to myself. But when you get out there. Uh, don't uh, don't just don't let your moderation have your moderation, <laughs> but don't trumpet it. <laughs> as, as say, all? Of you. And I already know, so don't trumpet it. You know, don't, uh, don't yeah. Just find of uh, you know, a level ground, a ground where you can meet with these guys. And at the end of the day, things be things that are very serious to me. I began to justify, making a light of them slowly, slowly, and slowly. You no. Know, and I started seeing myself detached from the gospel, and at home because we were taught like the Bible had instructed that the children at home should know the Word of God, know the Lord of God. They should have it. They should have it read to them. They be going out and coming in so that my dad said it's not essential. What the youth, the Adventist youth group was doing is what every family should do. That's what devotion is for. That's what Bible study. Is for. Children are automatically supposed to know that. But if there is something special that, or if there is something that should be more edifying, then that is where the gathering should concentrate on. And unfortunately, these days, the gathering of brethren together, conventionally or generally, is not concentrating on on the issues. Even the precious truth is very watered, very diluted. Present truth is actually not talked about anymore. Most of us are just afraid. And the devil uses that inferiority to kind of shut some of us up or give us reasons to compromise. And I pray that God helps us to see beyond that. I pray that God helps us to see that our deal with God, actually, I think sometimes you don't understand. Our deal with God is not our deal with our community. It's not our deal with anyone. It's a personal one. And no one of God's children in the Bible and throughout history has ever followed the voice of God in a reform and in a walk with God that has not faced any level of persecution. We should see it as part of our walk with God. And we should see it as normal. And we should treat it as normal. But no matter just like what happened with Paul, no matter how much the ship should rock, we should say White said we should sigh and cry with pain and voice. But we should not jump out of the ship. We shouldn't jump out of the boat. Like Paul told the the, 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 the sailors who we are transporting him, that everyone who will stay within the boat will be saved. Even if you have to hold on to some broken beam or some broken scaffold, but just be in the boat and walk united as the remnant church of God. I think it will help because I also had some friends who, I still have some friends who don't go to church anymore. At some point for some months, really like around 13, 14 months, I didn't want to visit church because I felt that a lot of stuff was going wrong and I wasn't in a position to correct them. So I just gave up and would worship at home, 3 Hope Channel, other platforms, the remnants, and, you know, but still not forsaking the, the congregating together of brethren as the manner of some is. Within those confinements of the gospel, I think we should strive and try our best to clean up the house of God. Thank you. Okay.
0: Uh, thank you for for that. I think it's, theory, theory. it's all we have to about not uh, creating other um, churches there's no need for that I think there's something we should to to give a concise answer to this question you know from what we read in Great Controversy it says that a time came that those who were faithful saw that they had to do what separate. but does it mean they were separating from God's church they were not they were not separating from God's church they were the church the people who left were those who compromised The church is not a building. We have already seen that when we started this great controversy in chapter 1, there was a quote we read, Upward Look, page 315, paragraph 3 or 5, or thereabouts. It says, God has a church. It is not the great cathedral. It is not any of the denominations. It is the people that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. We also saw that there's a quote we read last week. Christ was a seven-day adventist to all intents and purposes. So the Seventh-day Adventist church is not limited to a denomination or a, an organized body. It has, it has always been there. And that's the reason why you should not go and make another church and call it by another name. Continue with your personal ministry. That's another thing. You know where you are doing your personal ministry, you can give it any name you want on YouTube or Facebook or wherever it is. Or even if it's a structure, infrastructure like your clients have been saying. You can give it whatever name you want. It's your personal ministry. It's not under the church. Do those things. But always remember that you are a Seventh-day Adventist. Adventist, the true one at that Seventh day Adventism is not about names in the books of a particular denomination and group. No, God knows those that are His, and we should be wise. Don't let the devil make you think, Oh, you are running away from the church, so you must stay under people who are teaching you error. You are deceiving yourself. You have it from the spirit of prophecy. Here it says, Do not place especially children, you and adults, which is what our brother was just saying. And I know that that's really a problem. Me, I know it. That has really been the problem, like our sister was mentioning before, Sister Ellen, and, or, and placing your... You don't place children in such stark contrast between their peers. It will affect their minds. It won't work out. They will feel that their parents are suffering them. And why has said there, take our young men and women, what? Away from the places where they will be seeing the standards drop down. If you want, you can go and read the full context of the quote. She was writing to S. N. Haskell, and she was telling him that the people who are leading the churches these days they don't know their ABCs. And if you place people under your children under such places, they will not learn anything. So take them away, put them in other places where they will learn the truth for what it really is. Uh, Sister Mary but your hand is up. You can go on and speak. Sister Mary Beth, you can go on. I want
4: to be like I wanted, I wanted to add a little particularity 같아- because yes, yeah, I'm looking for this service yesterday. I felt like okay, my own church. We are not going to have this or something like that. So I said, okay, let me look for another place to worship. And then I was told, okay, go to Heritage Church over there. You can worship there. And funny enough, the teachers' class was teachers' class was good. It was really nice. But then for the first service, you know, they were like that. People that were people that had graduated before. They should come and give speech on how life is after graduation. And I was like, I don't understand. I thought this, we are entering into startups. Why are we doing, how life is before or after, sorry, how life is after graduation. So, and they're coming and they were telling us the the best things they have been doing Sabbath. So, I walked out and then I went, I said, I didn't want to make a kind of space. So, I just said, all right, let me go and join the youth, because the children, those in youth to adventure class, they have an evening, they have their evening class after the, like, at the back of the graduation, something like that. So I said, okay, let me go and join the children. Maybe they are teaching about something, something more like than what the adults are doing and on there they are doing policy and i'm telling you all the kids there where i was they were all they were all just one was even eating mango and the person i was teaching was just doing whatever he was doing and then i was not doing their conversation one was telling the other that small ways invest teacher invest teacher call invest your need they're just reducing the whole process Look. and i was looking that lo and behold future adventures um our pastors will come from this city. and this one here yeah, that was actually places Like they're just like five they're really, really small and they were getting to see the way they were what they were doing i don't want going to even go into the and that was doing the best part now i was like to do pastors like this and they will have kids so like i feel like and their parents definitely don't know all this part of you the in their parents mind their the children are learning about holy Spirit or something kids area but that's definitely that was not what they were doing yesterday it was not anything about holy Spirit. what the old children were doing there. so my own side is, to be practical, I wonder if we can actually take the kids away, because I think maybe several, if not almost all of our church church is really giving us watered down doctrines, like really watered down, and most of the time they're just in church and you're like, okay, I think I need to be here, just so that, like he, like he rightly said, to be among the brethren, that kind of thing, to so be in the foundation of the brethren, When the end, everything is watered down. If you don't study for yourself if you don't pick up all these books get and study for yourself you're going to be even no matter how on fire you used to be the flame is going to die out so i think and then we can't continue having services at home we can't continue having services at home and the kids will still see the the difference between them and the outside the world so i think that would be more practical would we'll be actually proof to teach them to teach them the teach them the truth, because really taking them to any church most of the time most churches are just the same thing especially as this uh, there's an evolving part of the anti-church coming up now in which we don't want we don't want trouble we don't want we don't want to stand separate anymore in fact uh, in my church every time there's this aspect of someone coming up to say Adventists keep the scriptures but we are not extremists it's always being hanged that we are not extreme, don't be extreme, don't be extreme. And you're like what's the whole what's the whole path? This word extreme, extreme, extreme. Nobody's trying to be extreme, but if you want to be keeping the scriptures, they are going to be different. It's just something obvious. That kind of thing. So I think even if you, the kids, no matter how young, even we are kids and we were supposed to listen and then in the end the turned out all right all praise to God. So I feel we can't really separate them because even in their schools, even in wherever they are going to be, wherever they are going to go, as little as they are dressing. Those, I wonder if, I don't think I'm the only one, but then if you go to most churches now, you hardly see anyone doing dress form, or their feet reaching their ankle, covering the wings, all these things that sister White thing. Sometimes you might just be like, two dressed as in the whole church, looking out of place, while inside an Adventist church. Mm-hmm. So even as little as they are the way you dress your kids and the way other Adventists mm-hmm. dress, that difference will be there that there's just something wrong with it. So, the way they are doing too much, that kind of thing. So I don't really think there's really a way that you're going to protect the kids, like uh, keep them away from all this. Invariably you have to go back to teaching them, giving them the word and allowing them to reach for themselves and choose how the they want to take.
0: All right, thank you, Sister Mary Beth, for your contribution. But based on what you are saying, are you saying that what El uh, White said there about taking the children away from churches has no relevance? When then do you practice that? And I heard you mention the school. If you understand the reform, there's educational reform too. So they're not even supposed to go to the same schools of the world because, like we studied in child guidance, the world is not training them to reflect the image of God. So why are we taking them there? The child has a purpose to reflect the image of God, but the schools of the world has a purpose. They are not intending to train them in the image of God, so somebody who knows that, has shouldn't place his child under such teachers who are not bringing the image of God in the child. If you understand the way John the Baptist was brought up, you would know what, uh, what to do, because we are told that Zechariah and Elizabeth, understanding the mission of their son John the Baptist, made the intentional decision, after he was born, to take him to the wilderness, Am I saying we should take our children to the wilderness? In a sense, yes. It sounds extreme, right? But I'm not the one who is actually saying it. God has given us directions in the spirit of prophecy and the Bible that there must be a separation. You cannot mix like that. It will affect you. If you read the book of Deuteronomy 7, Judges 2, and you understand in also Exodus uh, 33, I think, God kept on saying, separate yourself from these Canaanites. If you mix with them, they will change you. You cannot change them. They are the ones that will change you. I know that, okay, Yeah, Clarence is bringing up a points and many have no choice because of infrastructure. And it's true, that's why he has been emphasizing we need infrastructure. For us here, we've tried to start a school. It didn't work out, but by God's grace, if we work together, we can see how these things come. But even though there's no infrastructure, does that mean we should give them the wrong education? And why I said, I would rather my child grows up in ignorance than allow him to be exposed. When we study child guidance, we'll get to that chapter. Said it is better your child grows up in ignorance than to allow them to get exposed to error. Maybe if we have tasted error and know the dangers and what you suffer, even now, you said we have come out, thank God. I don't know if I can say the same. I'm coming out, <laughs> I cannot say I've come out. The effect of evil is terrible. We struggle with it day by day. I wish I never knew evil. And I understand when God says the knowledge of evil is what he was trying to protect Adam and Eve from. And we should protect our children from it too. Yes, there's no infrastructure, I understand. But what do we do when there's no infrastructure? In my opinion, the best thing is, Think about these things before you have a child in the first place let the, let the infrastructure be there nobody is forced to have children ensure that you've made these plans before bringing a child into the world at least those of us who are not married and who do not have children you have a chance why would you bring the child when you know you've not put the infrastructure on ground god put the infrastructure within six days before bringing adam at the end of the six days into the world it's an example for us get the infrastructures ready and even the school we are talking about it's not just such a, it's not a big thing people are doing homeschooling today uh ellen White's children wc white who was a wonderful wonderful man and the edson both wonderful children they were homeschooled and who was teaching them mr bell he was just downstairs in the review and her out uh building and said teaching these two young boys and then he started to grow up just little teachers here and there and they were what they were so it's not let's not look at this infrastructure as a very big thing that we put in ground for the child to become what he is john the baptist did not go to any big infrastructure and yet this man was Filled with the holy ghost how about jesus too? the same thing it's we god will work with what we have but there should be no compromise we shouldn't say because we don't have the infrastructure or uh, we are in the world therefore there's no way we can avoid it. it's not true there is a way if we put our efforts. god will help us and we'll be able to do what he said we should do because this is not a case of um we are just giving opinions here we are reading from of and the bible and it's telling us you should take make efforts, take your children away, not just from the churches, but even from the schools where this error is being taught. It is now our duty to find a way to do it. Don't we shouldn't say hey, look look around us, it is impossible. It's not impossible. It is possible to do it. It is now for us to think of how, but we shouldn't give up and say it is impossible. Sir, which reference do you say you need of, of the children or which one? The one of
10: I think it's the one that you referred to um when you said the um they should grow up in ignorance that's a, that's, a very yes, pow- that's a very powerful reference you
0: know you just sent it now pamphlet 131 i didn't
10: see it i don't i didn't see i read it i, I don't just see I now, just, it now just just now oh, just, yeah, just now. I, I saw it yes. oh okay okay okay. Yeah. okay okay
0: okay it says his obedience to all the commandments of god taught the children in the very first lesson that's yeah, yeah, talking about the schools of god yeah, yeah. is seen represented as an offense towards god i would rather that children grow up in ignorance of school education as it is today and employ some other means to take right, now. He's just one of the not now I'm not to discuss the, discuss the,
10: the point, point, point but the, you know hey, you, you know you know, being in Nigeria and watching the plight of people who have no voice, you and I, and many of us, all of us, we should know this. Come on, that people are powerless. You know, you and I can articulate a position because that's what education has done for us, you right. Mm-hmm. right? So we can clearly make a defense of what ought to be done. And we can pull on spirit of prophecy. But many need help, just like, you know, those who needed healing in Christ's days, And they did healing. And so my point is, it's not to compromise on the point, but to make it possible for individuals who don't have those means to find an avenue. And that's that's the infrastructure that's missing. And even um, for them to take it upon themselves. Because I can tell you, there was once a time I was making good money and I decided to homeschool my child, right? And I rented a place in um just, I rented a place. Um, are you there? Okay. No, yes. I rented a place in is, uh, just before Yanya. I forgot. It starts with K. Is it um? I forget the name of the place. So I rented the place and whatever, and I said to a few of my brothers, Kuba. It's, it's, is, is it kubwa No, no, not kubwa No, cubas in other direction. It's like you're going towards Yanya, right? But anyway, and um, I said, look, let's set up a home school right and i would pay for it i would find teachers and whatever i can tell you this right now i was the only person so i'm just trying to show you how helplessness is Mm -hmm. actually learnt by many of our very members who need help so that's why infrastructure is key you you understand and it's it it behooves us who know better to try to build the bridge for them to cross than to tell them that they need to build a bridge that they can't build themselves that's my point
0: yes thank you very much sir my god's grace to look at how we can do this what is bringing us to office is the Case of compromise that happened to the early church, and we're trying to see how we can avoid it ourselves. Brother Solomon
13: Mizu, you can go on and speak. Thank you very much, sir. Thank, Thank you very much, much sir. sir. I, I was old, um after my primary six. I was from school for five years, uh, lower secondary and uh, two years in a half-secondary. A okay, for four years actually, and then I did my um from SS2 now. Within those years, I remember you know, I finished uh, P6 uh, uh, at the age of 10. And one time I we went for camp meeting. Uh, I grew up in Abbaso, So um, then uh, I met one of my friends, very, very close family friends, you know, from a, okay, a higher status, uh, more wealthier and more educated than the parents. And um, I walked up to the car, uh, wanted to say hi, and their mom, and this was when everybody had joined. Um, you know, boarding schools and everybody had gone to second left. And she said, oh, so you mean you don't go to school for years? I said, well, I don't want my children to relate with an illiterate. Uh, better find yourself at school. <laughs> and such behavior amongst our people who have decided to disregard the work of God through Ellen White has inspired the disregard and they don't want to they see her, her writings as optional. They see them as her own point of view and respect it. And all those years, I would sometimes, uh, we would have, most times actually, would have uh, Sabbath worship at home. And I found that we wouldn't. It was, it was that bad. Unfortunately, my dad was not, university, my dad was not a university graduate. So a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of elders in the church would even come to talk to us directly different parents are like what do you think for how do you think he ever knows enough to take such a decision look at all the pastors in the church have their kids in aztec have their kids at babcock what do you think that is reading really that they've not read who do you think that is can't you see that this man is being fanatical? You no know, and it was it was it was really hard for me as a teenager to have a social life and the the, the fear the dread of that loneliness made me make a lot of compromises that are haunting me today. Finally, um, the pressure was so, so much. That's important. that said, okay, because at least I want you guys to go test yourselves with the standards and, and, and evaluate how you've done your accomplishments academically. So I got registered for um, GSS three exams. And after I did the junior WAEC, I also did the CY from ss two. And I thank God that my performance was outstanding to my own greatest surprise. I thank God that when I got to school, no one saw me as a mediocre at all. Mm-hmm. The only people who saw me as a mediocre were those who thought I was a mediocre. I was a mediocre landing students by the grace of God, and even all my siblings by God's grace. So um, it's, it's hard, it really discourages. My lad did not have the writing for scripture. We had little or nothing, but he just persevered. He just wanted to do what was right. It was very hard. And I think right now it's, it will be harder for what went wrong. I think with my kids, I will do something better than he did, but I will still do what is right according to God's instruction, because our educational system today in the church is very toxic. So it's not easy. It's not easy. The dread of that loneliness, the dread of, the dread of that disconnection, it's the, the dread of that, that spite and the humiliation of not belonging, you know, of not having, of feeling inferior, that dread makes a lot of people compromise. So I think that when we can confident and move beyond that dread, and look only up to jesus no matter what the world will say or do to us or about us yeah i think even till today the miracle is still till today but thank oh god that god is still helping us push in, and i think he can do the same Yes, we can to get the infrastructure right and do it right, and get some banks who have the the means and resources and start up something nice that is corporate. But at the end of the day, even my dad wanted to start up, but you have to be accredited, and for you to be there are some standards that the world would want you to insist that you meet that are not godly. So it's it's, it's the line is very slim. Thank it's you, very sir. Slim. Thank you, for you Help us. Thank you. <laughs>
6: <important. Go
3: on. laughs> I think
0: this. Go on, just briefly, now. Okay. can just reiterate we have
3: some.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Um,
3: quickly, this is on the paragraph that our brother read. It's in GC 465.3, you see? It? 465, no, 460.1, 4, 4 of the Great Controversy. Well will it be for the Church and the world if the principles that are suited, those steadfast souls were revived in the hearts of God's professed people. There is an alarming indifference in regard to the doctrines which are the pillars of the Christian faith. the question that i was just asking in my own mind that what are these pillars of the christian faith in great controversy she wrote that in the chapter titled impending conflict how that these pillars of the christian faith now not adventists but anyone that who professes the name christian, christian these are pillars that mm. we're supposed to hold mm. and she mentioned there <clears throat> creation as given by the inspired writers mm-hmm. and you wonder how many today mm-hmm. believe because there is the doctrine of evolution that mm-hmm. is is also there mm-hmm. and so all these pillars that have been mentioned <clears throat> we talk about the fall of man mm-hmm. as on that yeah, pillar <laughs> that <laughs> that was talked about um another pillar is um, the immortality of the soul the perpetuity of god's law um, the atonement the sanctuary these are things that as a christian we're supposed to build our faith upon if you just mix on one point you will see how the whole christian life it will be like if somebody now does not believe in creation and you take that of the teachings of evolution you will see the impossibility in your mind of how um god can do the work of recreation in you if you don't believe him as the one that created the world so the point actually i wanted to make is just that point on the importance of these pillars of the christian faith how that we as christians we're supposed to know them and hold to them
0: Mm. in fact all what you have said now has just tickled tickled me i'm sure some of us to but we don't have much time the things you mentioned about the pillars if you want to talk about how these things are gradually being watered down in our church i don't think we'll live here in the next one hour if you just pick creation alone now will take us a lot of time or talking about the nature of Jesus, um, jesus the nature christ took when coming to earth or the nature of man justification sanctification all those things gradually these pillars of the christian faith in the Adventist church and in the Christian generally the Christian denomination is being watered down, but by the grace of God, we should try our best to find out the truth about these things and ensure that we are not swept away with the winds of doctrine. I want to still I want to conclude, I want to conclude and conclude with the things we have here. First of all, let me read what has been sent so that everyone can hear it from Brother Bliss. He says, Christ should be our example here in the okay, Christ should be our example here in this in the United States sometimes they don't want to speak the truth so they don't offend anyone and they seem to condone wrong god does not lower his standards i think it's high time we stand for god and god alone no matter where we are we should be distinct it's really heartbreaking what's happening in the church of god sometimes they will tell you it doesn't matter this is america god is god and looks at the hearts adventists The the children are following what they see and thinks it doesn't matter. We should be both hearers and doers of the word of God. I want to reiterate both both based on what we have read from the Spirit of Prophecy and the experience of our sisters here and Romizu, also, and many others. God said for a reason that we should separate. Don't look at it as irrelevant or it won't work. Just do what he told you to do first. Pray to God for him to bless your efforts. To say you will place your child in the churches where they are teaching error, because there is no other way, or place your child in the school where you know they are not developing in them the image of God, because you feel that they must be educated now, what will I do? You cannot claim God's blessing while doing that, because he has told you what to do. Do it first. If the result doesn't come, at least you can tell your conscience that I did what was right. But to not do it, you are not doing the right thing for that child. Personally, I wish I I was not exposed to uh, these experiences. I still know that. If I'm being taken to the school, now you imagine it. Your child does not eat what other people eat. They don't uh, engage in the same place that their children engage in. What kind of temptation then will it be for you to do to them? What kind of torture would that be? You know the stark difference between your child and the children of the world. And then you place them where they are exposed every time to people who are contradicting them. Can their child childlike mind bear such persecution? It can't. So the best thing to do is not to place them under such... Like Bromizu is saying here, it's painful. That thing is not easy to bear. It's better you don't even allow them to engage in such things. That is John the Baptist's experience now. Stay far away from such things. Now it's easier because we see that people have a community. Now we are much... It might not be as difficult as you say, Bromizu, because in your dad's time, there were very few. But now we are much... So it's better to place them in families. If you read Child Guidance, she talked about parents where there's no infrastructure. She talked about it, that such parents should gather together and pay a teacher, place their children together in a house. They 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 cannot afford the school. There are ways around these things. She said, just place your children in a small house. Pay anybody to come and teach them in the house. That's what she said should be done in areas where they don't have that infrastructure. She said, don't take them far from where you are to battle creek miles away from the home that is not right the child needs a home school if you don't have there's what is called home school there's what is called school home there are two different things home school is where the parents are taking care of the children school home is where you hire someone and then few adventist uh, parents who believe the same thing gather their children in one home and then a, a teacher from somewhere comes to teach them. But under no circumstances, we make a compromise and take our children under such terrible situations where you have taught them something different and they are being exposed to children who are teaching them another different thing, telling their minds, as in poisoning their minds all the time, telling them they are fanatics, telling them their father is, is an extremist, It's is not just nice, if you ask me. And besides, we have the word of God telling us not to do that. So in my opinion, that's what we should do. Okay, Sister Mary, but quickly you can go on. I know I see your hand, but we, we need to close. Uh, I don't know, please, briefly, very briefly, Sister Marybeth.
4: Okay, I'm not closing.
0: Okay, wait, so not Sister Mary Beth. that's Sirene. Yes. Yes, sister Irene, sorry. Sorry, sister Irene. I'm
4: not closing, it's Sabbath, we are here. <laughs> Nothing to so do, I just going <laughs> to say that please, say sister, sister, not your brother, that's my other sister, sister, please, thank you.
0: Okay, Sister, please. Okay, no problem. <laughs> thank you very it. much. Okay. Okay. All right. So, in, in summary, what we have learned from this chapter. Let us not run away from the small persecutions that God is using to train us for the greater one. For our information, Revelation 13 tells us that some of us are going to be martyred when that time comes. So God wants to train us. There will be martyrs during that time. So let us be ready to be. The training is now. Prepare for it. It might happen in our time or not. I hope it does happen in our time because we want Christ to come very soon. But we should be training ourselves now through the little persecutions that God is bringing to us. Don't run away from them. Pass through them. It's developing you the faith and the character needed for the bigger persecution. No compromise with sin at all. When people are willfully sinning, in separation, If they are faulty, like all of us are, then let us come closer together so that we can encourage one another to grow in grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus. The reason for persecution is God wants to develop in us character. He also wants the devil to show his true character. And he wants the world to see what the, 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 the wicked people are like. That's the reason for persecution. It's not just for us to develop character, but God wants to use it to vindicate himself when he's making his decision on what he's going to do to the wicked and also to the devil. I pray that God will give us grace that these lessons will form our characters from henceforth in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll pray now and bring this session to a close. Brother Betel, please, we pray for us. <clears throat> Let us pray.
4: Father,
7: thank you for today's sabbath which you have made us pos- you have made it possible for us to observe we thank you for the wonderful lessons we've learned we ask oh god that you quicken our mortal flesh by your spirit to put these words into practice and at the end of the day oh lord you have a people that will stand for you in the world full of sin this is our nsp lord And we believe by faith that if we ask anything according to your will, you will hear us. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, A big thank you to all of us who have
11: participated.